welcome to the Headstuff Podcast. It's it's been a while. Uh, hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Hey, Hi. Let's all say hello. Um, yeah, we haven't done a podcast in quite a while, and uh, that's because we don't know what we're doing with it. But we decided we better do our annual Oscars podcast. So uh, we've brought together a table of experts. Uh, I hope they're all comfortable with that. Um, so we have Richard Drum. Hello. We have Peter Morris. Hello. Jed Murray. Hello. Emer Gavin. Hello. And Claire Byrne. Hi. This is uh, the Oscar nominations for 2017, um, and if anyone listened to the podcast we did last year, um, one of the subjects that dominated the podcast was the hashtag Oscars So White. So, uh, Jed, is it is it very different this year? Uh, yeah, I think like I think they've clearly made an effort to try to not have it just be a bunch of white people uh, after it was pointed out and. I don't know how much of that is genuine or how much of that is just bad publicity and them trying to make people stop shouting at them. I think that one of the things they did was they took in a bunch of new members to try and get more women and non-white people. Uh, but at the same time, like it's not like that was a huge influx. I was reading there, it went from like, I think 25% women to like 26.8% women, even mm. with that influx. So it's not like... It's less than that, actually, I think. It's so, yeah, it's still I think something it's 25% small. overall women and non-whites. That's what it is. Oh, oh no, it's now. a little more than that. Or maybe if you're counting... Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah. it's something... It's still not enough that it's like, oh, that explains why there's a bunch of non-white people uh, nominated. Uh, but I feel weirdly... Like, I feel bad saying this because it's almost like when you hear about someone in the States who really resents, like, affirmative action or something being like, ah, that's the only reason these films are there. Because, like, the stuff that's nominated for Best Picture... A lot of them are about non-white characters and not just that they're non-white characters, but stories specifically about like the black experience in America in some form. Um, but at the same time, they're really Oscar-y. Like, it's not like they had to scramble to find a bunch of movies this year that like, oh shit, what can we nominate for Oscars? Like, I think they are all worthy of being yeah. there for, for this year. Uh, well, I don't Minus like one. some of them, but like... I would say I, the, yeah, the only one for me that strikes me as really not... Osc- like I don't think they had the Oscars in mind when they made Moonlight they just made it and mm. it yeah. was yeah. what it was that feels very genuine yeah, movie, yeah very genuine whereas for me I find Hidden Figures doesn't belong up there as an Oscar-y movie oh but I think it's super Oscar-y though like I can see I, like, I haven't seen Hidden Figures but I can see why yeah. just from seeing the trailer like, but yeah, even, that looks like Oscar bait exactly but it's it's even lacking in it's Oscar baitness I think there's one <laughs> there's even one like Outburst, you know, there's only one outburst and one kind of, you know, big Oscar moment. Well, you would love that fences, wasn't even good. It's nothing <laughs> but that. <laughs> well, if 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 to put a devil, devil's advocate hat on it, w- w- would anyone say that something like Fences or or a movie like that is a cynical attempt at trying to uh, jump in on the on the controversy of last year? Well, I think Fences was started around 2013. They tried to start making the production of it and. I think Denzel brought it to the stage and did it as a stage play for a little while first before turning it into a film. Well, So I think that it would have been well in the process a long time ago, I think. Well, but it was a stage play since the 80s, though. Mm. Like, And uh, the, the play, I can't remember the player's name offhand, but he died, I think, 2004 or five after finishing, I think, a first draft of the screenplay. Yeah. Uh, and I think Denzel's, he's been in it on stage a lot. And my understanding is pretty much since 2005, he's been trying to get it made. Mm. Uh, so, and he directed it so I do think it's that's been a, a pet project of his for a long time so now that's not to say someone didn't fund it because of it fund it because of it but like at the same time I'm amazed it took that long to make that movie because it's mm. you've got a big star who wants to make it and be in it mm. and it's basically all set in a house there's a few, very few scenes 
I've heard I haven't seen it but I've heard it's it's a stage play on on screen it's not yes, it, it's, it's not very cinematic we'll say no there's there's nothing in the direction of it but I, I mean more how just long? on a production level like I, I'm amazed that it took that long to mm. get that made like. mm. how long did it take to get made uh, well if I'm right I think it was about 2005 that the guy died so right. since then uh, he's been trying to get it made wow. so I think what so there there's, there's some of the films that are in this year <laughs> but what what movies were overlooked by the Oscars this year I think me and Jed both agreed beforehand that The Witch definitely should have been up yeah. for probably what best picture best screenplay costume uh, I certainly think production design at sound, very least sound, yeah. uh, score but like a big part of that movie is because the guy comes from a, uh, I can't uh, uh, Eggers what is David Eggers? Uh, something Eggers yeah um, <laughs> Half, that's right anyway but he comes from a production design background as well Like so it's, and it's so meticulous and it creates that world like it's not just a period piece or, or mm. you know something with elaborate costumes it's so meticulous in how it creates that world and how it brings you into this uh, for the purpose of that story puts you in the mindset of these pilgrims like it at very least deserves that and I thought it was one of the best films came out last year Yeah, no, that came out near the start of the year would it be affected by it not coming out in Oscar season um, well, so did Florence Foster yeah, whatever it's called really have that, much that doesn't matter Meryl Streep is in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure what the cycle is exactly but like those other films came out around that time like The Lobster that's up for stuff yeah. mm. they, I think it was just Overlook like. I would have okay. Heather, Heather High Water came out very yeah. it's not like March. Okay. March I think it's more the genre like horror films never do well at the Oscars no yeah. that's why Arrival even being there surprising sci-fi doesn't usually get in there I'm not, yeah, I'm not surprised horror. it's overlooked but I would have loved to have seen uh, I, Daniel Blake get some kind of yeah that's up for nothing isn't it yeah yeah it's not even mentioned was that released in the US yet oh I don't know but it's like it, I don't think it's really gotten any big it won, it won BAFTAs it won, oh, it won BAFTAs, BAFTAs. Yeah. well yeah. it won Best British Film which uh, yeah well, it's, it's kind of probably going to be nailed yeah. down but what about pop star? Never stop, never stopping. That was hilarious. Oh, I'm was not joking. Like that's a fucking film. amazing film. Yeah, it was it's very a really funny. funny film. Yeah. You've been pushing that pop star agenda for a while. I watched it, but uh, it's it, it is meant to be very good. It's but. fantastic. Like I'm amazed it flopped. There's like one or two things that like oh that joke isn't for me or whatever. But like it's very rewatchable. I can attest to that, and it's just a great kind of really fun satire. That's. Uh, knows what it's satirizing very well and is kind of like an organic updating of basically Spinal Tap for mm. <laughs> the modern kind of pop song like he's kind of a Macklemore Justin Bieber type crossover yeah, yeah there's social media and like the, all that kind of sponsorship tie-ins and they take the piss out of the mandatory U2 album everyone got or <laughs> Macklemore's like gay rights yeah. song that he started off with a verse about how he wasn't gay <laughs> not gay <Yeah>. like yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just really really funny and really on the money in and that he's very, sense he's kind of likable in it as well sometimes I can hate Andy Samberg right, I get right. really sick of him but and that I thought it was brilliant mm. yeah. just to throw in my two cents I thought it was terrible oh. <laughs> and I am an Andy Samberg fan but it is no hot rod Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there is I was disappointed in it. There is often um, there's funny bits, but disappointing. It's very funny. Shut up, Hamer. <laughs> 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 Wrong. Oh, I know you. You love <laughs> funny movies. Um, <laughs> there is often a call for more comedy movies to be uh, nominated in the best film category, um, and and even sometimes calls for a comedy category itself. Uh, but there's not often such such a shout for action movies. So somebody mentioned John Wick. There should there be an action movie category? Mm. Well, maybe Deadpool. Year. Deadpool. There was a bit of Oscar buzz yeah, about Ryan it. Maybe Reynolds back really around pushing September. that one. And we had Mad Max last yeah. year for mm. Best mm. Picture, right. which yeah. is that deserved all the awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it should really be taken out. 
from Best Picture. As in to have its own category right. for Best yeah. Action. But I think Best Picture is Best Picture. Like I know the way the, the Golden Globes do Best Musical mm. and then uh, Best Musical or Comedy and then Best Drama, which I think kind of divides it a little bit, you know, to say that you, oh, I won the Best Drama and Golden Globe. It's like, well, you didn't win the Best Overall Film, yeah. we'll say. But it the is Marshall more heavily weighted. Like, it? Yeah. It's very one. rare that you'd get a lot of comedies in, though. It's always the kind of weightier films that that get in the best films so that so maybe that's a reason why well yeah or if it's a comedy it's lost in translation or yes. some it has mm. to be a comedy that feels worthy in some sense it can't yeah. just be something that's oh that's just really funny and that's really difficult to do as well like. it has to be like a dramedy yeah it has to be yeah. something like that yeah. well Birdman was a kind of a comedy yeah. it was a little bit it was that kind of I know Birdman yeah that's true but it, I wouldn't mm-hmm. know if it's you could call Martin that a dramedy a if you wanted. A dramedy, sorry. Manchester by the Sea is pretty funny. Well. <laughs> it but is Birdman is still really like yeah. a pretentious yeah. comedy. Yeah, it's got yeah. a great yeah, yeah. script and the dialogue between them. There's some good comedy. Which Manchester by the Sea. Well, there is, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's not right. funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny, but there is some good comedy in it. The, in between the, the dead the families, it's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like there is one really, like one bit where I did laugh. Yeah. You know, and this is like first 20 minutes, I'm assuming it's okay to say. You know the bit where the kid goes in to see his father's corpse yeah. yeah, and just he's not sure if he wants to see it and he just walks in the door I was like oh, I'm yeah. good no thank you <laughs> and like, yeah there's comedy instantly. in the realness of it like there's yeah. com- and like my favourite line the whole film is when I think it's in a flashback and they're talking someone mentions the kid's mother and uh and hit what's his name his character just goes ah fucka yeah <laughs> and they like take his accent it's just brilliant yeah the like the just the cursing throughout, and the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the the, the there's relationship a great, there's a great the rapport between, yeah. e, but yeah. even between the your man who's up for best supporting actor, Lucas Hedges, and um, and Casey Affleck is brilliant. They yeah. have a great kind mm. of um, back and forth between the two of them. Uh, so both of them are, should be up there. Well, unless anyone has any other movies that uh, were overlooked, let's just move straight into that category. Then the uh, best. Oh, Green Room. Sorry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Love and Friendship. I, don't I haven't seen that actually. What was that one? Love and Friendship with Kate Beckinsale. That was actually really good. Yeah, Irish Production Company mm-hmm. too. We would have right. all been <laughs> rallying behind the flag if that was nominated. <laughs> well, yeah, Green Room was definitely yeah. one that I saw that I thought was really, really, really good. Green Room was just unbelievably good. Yeah, I think it's too brutal for the Oscars. So was Hacksaw Ridge though, really. Like, Hacksaw Ridge but was like, incredibly gorgeous. the first half of Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, which I it was very schmaltzy you know, and yeah, pastoral. Yeah could skip all of that and just jump straight into the second I agree movie. but also <laughs> it's Green Room for me was, was definitely one of my films of the year I, I mm. absolutely loved it but yeah. I suppose what with Hacksaw Ridge it's a lot more the violence of war as opposed to someone being violent if you know well, what I mean there's, a, there's sometimes the a difference the like that yeah, it's well it's a, it's a period piece about World War 2 yeah. like yeah instead of let's say a uh, a guy going down in a one take you know, let's say we say old boy doing a, an amazing like action scene really violent the Oscars kind of overlooked just mm-hmm. plain old violence. <laughs> so, ac- actor in a supporting role. We have this name that's going to be difficult to pronounce all night, but Mahershala Ali. Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. For Moonlight, Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges in Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel in Line, and Michael Shannon in Nocturnal Animals. So, um, let's just start with uh, Dev Patel in Line because, Emer, I believe you're the only one who's seen this film, so... Does he have a chance? Hold on, hold on. First, uh, is he a supporting actor? Yes. I is think he? they've pushed... He was only in the second half of the, mil- of the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I suppose that's why he's put in support. 
Okay. Uh, they're all supporting the little kid, right, basically. Okay. I think he's the lead, but he's not nominated for the lead. Okay. Ah. So. And should he be? Was he overlooked? No. Okay. <laughs> he wasn't overlooked. <laughs> <laughs> he's very, he's very cute, and he's a lovely kid. And the whole first half of that movie is actually better. Unlike, basically, if you put Hacksaw Ridge, his second half is better, and Lions' first half is better. So splice them together. Would they work? We could be looking at some amazing Oscar <laughs> mashups. <laughs> and Dev Patel, does he have a chance? No, not against Lucas Hedges, Michael Shannon, or any of the other ones. <laughs> Just looking, I was like, or Jeff Bridges, or uh, Mahershala Ali. <laughs> Well, you, you've all seen uh, Moonlight, Nocturnal Animals and Manchester by the Sea. So let's just open it up to the floor and uh, find it out. What do you, what do you think? Mm. Well, I think Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals, he I mean, he's, a, he's an amazing actor. He really, really is. And an interesting thing about that film is that um, Aaron Taylor Johnson was nominated and won the Best Golden Globe for Supporting Actor. Mm. But when it came to the Oscars, Michael Shannon got nominated. Now, I actually think Aaron Taylor Johnson was better in Nocturnal Animals. He plays a real... Mm. real psychopath and that first scene uh, when they're in the car stopped mm-hmm. uh, on the side of the road by, by his character is just unbelievably yeah, yeah, tense yeah, that's it's, very true, it's a crazy crazy scene yeah, whereas Michael Shannon good. is pretty Michael Shannon yeah. in it he's that kind of real drawn you know that kind of that look that he has which is brilliant look but he's very very good in it but it's just interesting that it does feel Taylor weird Johnson that didn't get it well, it also feels weird that, like, I think Michael Shannon's great in it, but he's great in everything, and it felt weird that that's the one he got the nod for. Mm. Like, uh, what was mm. the, I, I'm, uh, mid, what's it called? Midnight Special. Midnight oh, Special, Midnight I thought special. he was better in last this year. year. Like, last he year. was really good. That was early this year. Was it? Was it? Maybe no, it was released thought, in America last year, I can't remember. Um, Michael Shannon was, was in Loving for, like, a minute. Yeah, one scene. Yeah. He was really nice, like, it was a lovely character, and then he just was... He's a, he's a Jeff Nichols favourite, isn't he? He's been, yeah. in, he's been in all these films, yeah, I think. yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have to say, although I have brushed past, I did answer the question: Is has he been overlooked or will he win? Dev Patel. Yep. No, he won't win, but he was very good. <laughs> I okay. didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> but he's um, good. One of the favourites does seem to be Mahershala Ali. Is is he yeah. is he in with a shout? He was not in it as much as I thought he was going to be, mm. and I was actually kind of good. But and it was like, and I can't say anything more. Really, can I? Well. I like that. Like, I don't think it's a huge spoiler to say that. Like, Moonlight because it... Let's just say spoiler alert before we talk about anything like that. Just say it and then it's fine. That kind okay. of... Well, in. it's not really a plot spoiler. No. As in, it's not like... I'm going to spoil... I'm going to do a spoiler. Yeah, go on. Go Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, I loved how subtle it was that that character died and you didn't figure it out really until... Did he die? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It was so subtle because it was... I thought he was in jail. Someone thought, no, it was oh, like, fuck. I haven't seen Aww. you since the funeral. And then, <laughs> but guy. like, that was the mm. only, it was like a very yeah. fleeting line. And it took me like a, like a good half hour after that moment to actually figure out, why aren't we seeing him anymore? Really? Yeah, it was oh. really subtle. And it, it meant that you're one played by, oh my God, what's her name, that singer? The one Janelle who's Monet. also, yeah, yeah, and she's also yeah. in Hidden Figures. And yeah. that she was by herself. And so That's why he. kept mm. mentioning that character by herself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like the fact that you felt him by his absence too yeah. and because the, like Moonlight is basically in three acts like in each time there's a time jump so it's mm. act one is when this character's a kid then when he's a teenager yeah then you were waiting man. for Mahershala to appear in each one and you're like it was great that his yeah it was just yeah but I, I think that kind of hammers home a thing about Moonlight that I liked which is it does feel like uh, memories in terms of even mm. how it's shot and how the score it feels so fucking vivid yeah and just having someone be this like 
huge figure who then like disappears from your life. It's like, yeah, that kind of feels like a good choice on the part of the filmmakers, you know? Yeah. Was uh, Lucas Hedges the, the great find of 2016? He should win, I think. I think he should win yeah. as well. I was going to say, like, Mahershala <laughs> did a brilliant, like, he's brilliant in Moonlight, but I think Lucas Hedges is in Manchester by the sea. Yeah. It's just so natural. Like, yeah. You know, you didn't ever think that this was just some young, out of nowhere actor. Mm. You just, the rapport between him and everybody, and actually just the whole movie, everyone's just really good together. And... He's funny in it. He's got really good. He's just really good in it. Mm. <laughs> mm. I think if I was giving, if I wa- was, if I anything that I'd like Moonlight to get actor wise, it would have been one of the boys. So it's kind of ups- like it's kind of annoying that they're not up for anything. Mm. Well, <laughs> according to the odds, Lucas Hedges is the least likely to win. Really? Ah. He's uh, mm. number five. Is Jeff uh, Bridges up? Jeff Bridges is the third favorite. See, I just don't. I can't even rem- like. He was just Jeff Bridges. It's like you were saying about yeah. Michael Shannon. He was just Jeff Bridges. Like, he was great and all. But, I don't know. But that's the problem. Isn't like Jeff Bridges and Michael Shannon, they're, they're much like louder performances that yeah, are more yeah. obvious. Whereas but even Michael Hedges Shannon, so natural, I, thought that he, I thought that his character was like a lot, I don't know, was much more developed than Jeff Bridges. I don't know. I don't know if I was even a big fan of Hell or High Water. But I think Ben Foster would have been stronger than Jeff Bridges yeah, in definitely. Hell or High Water as well. And yeah. he's not yeah. there. Because yeah. Jeff Bridges was just... Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges <laughs> yeah, but Ben Foster showed another side of him. I, I really liked Jeff Bridges in that. I thought his, um, I don't know, just the gait and his kind of mannerisms and his, his I don't know, just the so way he moved and stuff uh, and his party. little grunts and moans and stuff he makes mm. are just, you know, I suppose he's been doing it like that for a little while. It's kind of similar enough to True Grit or something like that, but um, <laughs> but uh, he was very, very good. But I think for me, I'd, I, I think Mahershala um, Ali should win. Okay, so let's that, let's so. let's go around the table then and get who who will win and who you'd like to win. So we'll start with you then, Peter. So will win. I would like as in who you, who you think the Oscars will yeah. pick and who you'd like to win. Okay, so I think Mahershala Ali should win for Moonlight, and I think he will win. I think he'll okay. I think he'll get the Oscar. Yeah. All right, Jed. I'm the same. I like. Uh, uh, Lucas Hedges in Manchester by the sea a lot as well I think it's not that I disagree with anyone but yeah I just think Mahershala Ali was fucking amazing in that movie and I'm happy to hear he's the favourite so. okay Emer I who do I think will win yes <laughs> um I can never really I'm always just throwing out guesses every year I'm like yeah. oh, could we then because they always surprise me I think De- Dev Patel could depending on how that film is he's the second favourite yeah so after a Ali twin but should I think he should no okay. I would be going for Lucas Hedges Lucas Hedges okay Claire oh uh, yeah I think Mahershala oh sorry Mahershala Ali I think he will win okay definitely and then personally I'd love to either see Lucas Hedges or Michael Shannon I just really liked Michael Shannon mm-hmm. right. that was great uh, Richard, uh, same. Yeah, Shannon or Hedges would like to see win, but I think it'll be. I think it'll be Dev Patel. I think it. He seems like a very Oscar-friendly winner to have, so I could see it being him. Okay, well done, everyone. Pat yourselves on the back. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, actress in a supporting role, we have Viola Davis in Fences, Naomi Harris in Moonlight, Nicole Kidman in Line, uh, Octavia Spencer in Hidden Figures, and Michelle Williams in Manchester by the Sea. So uh, this time I'll I'll go to Jed first because you're the only one who's seen Fences. So <laughs> Viola Davis has is she made a shout? Yeah, I think she I think she's regarded odds wise as just a complete shoe in on this as well. And she is fucking really really good in uh, in Fences as well. 
uh, partially because she's not talking the whole time so she can react to things and you can have shots of her doing things other than monologuing uh, but Viola Davis is great and I think it's gonna yeah I think it's gonna go to her has she won an Oscar already? Um, is she offered the help? Is the that, help is that I, the think. Same I can't remember if she won mm. No I'm one around the table. I look it up now in a minute. But Emer, um, you're you're the only one who's seen Nicole Kidman. So uh, is she is she a shot her? I don't think so. Like she's fine in it. Um, she's got a great hairstyle that puts her right back in the eighties. <laughs> but as far as the acting, she's got a very small part again, like Dev Patel. This is why they're both supporting, obviously. But uh, no, I mean. I'd be going with uh, Noomi Harris for best. If I was to jump, I'm jumping the gun already, but <laughs> to win. Okay. Well, everyone has seen Moonlight. What does every, what does everyone think? Naomi, what is it? Naomi? Naomi. Naomi. It is Naomi. Naomi Harris. She is brilliant. Mm, she is fantastic. I think, yeah, I'd like to see her win this one, I think. Because her accent entirely vanished, which is impressive for someone which yeah. is a strong British accent. Yeah. And just, there are scenes where she'd switch between being like drug adult and never mind to being like this very caring angry mother figure on like the drop of a hat and it was really impressive so I think yeah, she I think she, she kind of shifted her her character a lot in terms mm. of yeah. what she was doing obviously you know there's that one amazing scene where she's trying to get the money off uh, off That's Chiron yeah. it's just an absolutely it's intense terrifying. scene it's yeah. about five minutes and it's really really intense but it's 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 it was shot in a certain way. I think uh, yeah. the director shot it at a really high frame yeah. rate, and it's real with the pink in light your coming face. Out the and there's mad pink light as well. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it, a, it's a great performance. It, yeah, it was well directed. Yeah, that kind of mixing in slow mo and letting the kind of audio drift out and stuff. But yeah, she's great. And like you were saying, Richard, like it's really impressive how she can flip between uh, kind of moments where she feels like, yes, like she's lucid and she's this guy's mom. And others where she's just completely overwrite, overridden or overridden by this mm. addiction, which f- feels true to life in terms of. Mm. And even uh, in like the third act of it, when she's like playing the older version of herself, mm. but more mellow, and like yeah. it felt like a different performance again, even. Mm. And in the first, when you meet her, you're not mm. necessarily. She's more motherly in the first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's it three was, different characters. It was really nice to see her in that role, too, because I'm, well, personally, I'm used to seeing her very kind of well dressed and well put together. Like, I know she's been in Bond, but. As far as I can remember, she's been other things too, where she's quite like, yeah, I suppose she's British as well, but like, I don't know, it just was, I didn't recognize her at first and she really transformed herself mm. for it. And then to transform herself three times within the film, I just thought it was brilliant. I didn't realize it was her at all until, until yeah, very near the end. Minutes, I kind of yeah. figured it in. Michelle Williams is in it as well. She's nominated. Which is bizarre. She's only in like, like six like minutes of six screen minutes. time. Yeah, but she bangs it out though. Oh, she's yeah, fantastic, the, but it's not. The one scene with the pram enough. and she's talking to him mm. later on in the she film. She just is, does is what intense, she does really well, which is like really, I don't know, really gut-wrenching acting. Kind of vulnerable. Like, and, yeah. yeah. But is again, there something very, about very that short. though that about about the amount of minutes people are actually in films and things. Wasn't there something about Anthony Hopkins in the Silence of the Lambs? Seventeen minutes single lead mm-hmm. after Oscar. Yeah, yeah. And he won. Judy Dench, I think, in in oh, Shakespeare, in Shakespeare Love, she was in yeah. it for twelve minutes or something, very very short right. as well. I and don't think we should talk about that year of the Oscar. <laughs> 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 That's the only reason we didn't do a podcast in that year. Um, <laughs> so just to um, just update on the earlier question, Viola Davis has been nominated for three Oscars and has not won. Yet she was nominated. Oh, well, then she's getting it for sure. <laughs> nominated for the help, for doubt, and now for fences. So she oh, hasn't doubt, won. Yeah. She hasn't won yet. So this, this, maybe this is her year. Fucking. She is the favorite. <laughs> to be fair, she deserves a fucking Oscar for suicide. She squad. was the best thing in it. Yeah. Yeah. She was handed shit and made lemonade. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she has nothing to do but exposition for literally the first like half of that movie. 
mm. and she makes it an engaging character. It's amazing. And for a film full of villains, she gets the only villainous act in the entire film. <laughs> yeah, and the fact yeah. that her character is a bumbling fool, but is portrayed as like, oh, she's such a boss, and she sells that. Yeah. But really, it should be like a Jack Lemon type playing that character, who's just creates this Suicide Squad it all goes to shit instantly and this, their first mission is clean up the mess from Suicide Squad <laughs> oh man like, I really put that film out of my head I'm just realising it now yeah. <laughs> I managed to forget it so well it didn't stick with you it didn't linger no not really we haven't mentioned Octavia More Spencer have we Green Room. have we mentioned Octavia Spencer in Hidden Figures yet Does anyone no. want to was she also nominated for The Help I will check that <laughs> She's uh, she's good. She plays the the IBM, IBM uh, the computer um, the programmer programmer. She's good. Like I mean, it's it like I think we're going to talk about hidden, hidden figures later, but it's just a very kind of run of the mill film, and she does a very very good job in it. It's it's not outstanding. No. I I can't see her beat Naomi Harris or by all accounts, Viola Davis is is just a shoe in for it, anyways. So. And yes, she already has an Oscar. She won for the help. Now there oh. we go. Okay, well we'll we'll move on to uh, actress in a in a leading role now. But before we do, let's get your um who 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 is going to win and who do you wish would win for this? Uh, we'll start with you, Richard, on this one. Uh, I think I already said this, but should should win Naomi Harris will win Viola Davis. Like she's she can't not win at this point. I think didn't no. she win Golden Globes or SAG or something? Viola Davis. Yeah. I think she's pretty much picked up yeah. everything all the way. Peter, I'm actually the same. Yeah, I I would. I haven't seen Fences. I <laughs> well, I think that Viola Davis will win um, right. for Fences, but I, I I would like to see Naomi Harris win. I I think she was amazing. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I think Viola Davis is going to win it. Uh, I'm kind of torn between saying her or Naomi Harris should win it. Uh, so I'll leave it there and let the audience make up their own. <laughs> okay, Emer. Um. Yeah. Exact same. Who should Naomi Harris? Okay. Claire? Yeah, same, Viola Davis. But I, I'm going to throw in. Well, I, I would be really happy if Naomi Harris won. But I'm going to say I'd be happy if Michelle Williams won as well. Cause mm. I mm. did think that was great. So Michelle Williams actually the second favorite behind Viola uh, Davis to win it. Yeah. With Naomi, with Naomi Harris in third. Okay, so moving on to actress in a leading role. And just before I, I name all the, uh, the nominees. Um, I was wondering about Amy Adams. Was the fact that she was in two potentials is that the reason that she's been left out? Were the votes split? Well, I think she was very, very good in both Arrival and in... Hidden Figures. Or no, sorry, not Hidden Figures. The Nocturnal Animals. Nocturnal Animals, yeah. Definitely Arrival more so than Nocturnal Animals. But yeah, maybe it was split. I'm not sure exactly. She was definitely pushed for both. But I presume there are two different production companies behind them. Or, you know, as in two different companies pushing for both. But... It was seen as a bit of an upset, though, that she didn't get nominated for Arrival in particular. She had a good year. Yeah, uh, she was actually put up on the Oscar website as uh, a nominee for oh, best actress. Sh- I know that she must mistake. have been fucking snapping. <laughs> like. And then That's they kind of realized really... that they put her name up by instead of Ruth Negga, oh, and then oh. they had to go back and You'd change. You'd be mortified, the, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd just be mortified more than anything. Someone got fired. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Poor IT guy. Update the website there. <laughs> oh my uh, Some poor fucking intern. Wasn't yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the nominees we do have, we do have our, as you said there, Ruth Negga, our very own Ruth Negga in Loving, um, Isabel Huppert for Elle, 
Uh, Natalie Portman <laughs> for Jackie. You laughing at my pronunciation? Yeah. How do you pronounce it? I just said Huppert. Huppert? I don't know, just Huppert, Huppert, isn't it? Huppert? Huppert. Is she, she French? She's Belgian? French. French. Uh, French. This is really. a Denis Denis issue. I have not French seen Elle and nor do I know who she is. But uh, <laughs> I'm going with Huppert for now. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Isabel Huppert. Um, <laughs> Emma Stone. Is that correct? In <laughs> La La Land. <laughs> and um, Meryl uh, Streep. Um, up and coming actress in Florence <laughs> Foster Jenkins yeah. um, is Meryl Streep there because she's Meryl Streep yes, yes. probably okay. <laughs> that's I the only I haven't seen it but I, I give a good guess that's the only um, that's the only uh, category that that film is nominated in at this stage you wouldn't want to see her left uh, out though all the same it's up for best costume design as <laughs> oh, well oh sorry it's also the Irish is she oh, getting any okay, special award this year? Special, uh, sorry? Is she getting any special award this year like she did at the Golden Globes? Meryl Streep like a achievement, achievement award? Or? Yeah, she got one at the Golden Globes so maybe they had to nominate her for something okay. so she'd be there. Yeah. So they can give her something. Is she getting the Donald Trump award for most overrated actress of all time? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but Viola Davis gave her the award for the Golden Globes. Okay. So... Okay, well let's just move quickly on from Meryl Streep. Um... <laughs> Claire, you've seen Elle, so yes. Isabelle Huppert. She's amazing in it. She's really, really good in it. Um, it's such a weird film. I don't know what to even speak about it. I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it. Descri- I'm desperate to see it because I've heard it described as Paul Verhoeven. This is the guy, for anyone listening who doesn't know who that is, who did a bunch of kind of art house Belgian thrillers in I think the 70s and 80s then did Robocop yeah, Starship Total Recall <laughs> Showgirls oh yeah 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 so like, his yeah he's his, a crazy filmmaker and his, he made a rape revenge comedy yeah apparently. his CV is bizarre but like and this I was I didn't know what to expect because I've seen all of those kind of hilarious like 80s sci-fi mm. action films and then I've watched this and like she she kind of makes it like it's all centered around her character and her character is amazing and very kind of like weird and every time she reacts to something you're like why are you reacting in that way it's so bizarre and yeah it's like a rape revenge and I don't know she's really really good in it it's a weird film but it's there was some controversy about this though like um, is the New York Times it's annual uh, when they get the, the anonymous Oscar members to release their reasons for voting for people and the one for this was apparently that she won't, she's not getting votes from the Oscar members because of she doesn't it's sort of not reverse victim blaming or something she's not yeah. she doesn't act like a rape victim oh, once not she's at been all. raped and, I think and then everyone's like that's no good I can't, that's not good acting yeah. I'm not voting for her now apparently well that's why after the film like well first of all she doesn't act like a victim and well for me that was fine because it kind of is a really it's more realistic it's an interesting look on yeah exactly on how you could react in that situation and at the beginning I was like okay this is you know she's had you learn about her past and she has kind of a crazy past but basically the reason why she doesn't go to the authorities or she doesn't tell anyone is because she's had terrible experiences with the police in the past so that's all kind of tied up and, and makes sense eventually but then as the film goes on it gets weirder because she ends up kind of like inviting the attacks like it it starts off like you I don't know just a, like a real person's reality and then it kind of slowly develops into you no know, she's just kind of a bit crazy herself so it does leave you feeling very mm. like unsure, unsure, about, unsure about the character yeah like oh, well not I wasn't unsure about the character I was more unsure about how the whole kind of thing is I don't know is portrayed it's and is it intended to provoke strange. I haven't seen this I'm just asking yeah you <laughs> yeah. on a podcast 
it provoke like is it meant to provoke as in is it meant to is the film meant to leave you going what the fuck to some degree like I think so like I don't see how you could not I don't think how, yeah you couldn't walk away from it and not be like what the fuck <laughs> because it's awful what's happening to her but she keeps on purposely putting herself back into that situation like she wants it to a degree mm. and then it's very confusing because as soon as it starts to happen she really doesn't want it it's very strange. Hmm. It's like a weird sex fantasy. Oh, I don't know. You're just going to have to watch it. It's really <laughs> weird, honestly. But we should watch it. But you should watch it. It's really gripping. It's fantastic. All the actors are in it are amazing. And yeah. It's, okay. It's a great film. Um, let's uh, have a look at another one. Is, uh, is Jackie uh, Natalie Portman Oscar vehicle? <clears throat> Peter. Yeah, I think she was brilliant in it. Um, it's a it, it's a kind of an interesting role because she plays this kind of weird, like there's kind of the pre-assassination character which she plays, which is this kind of detached, um, you know, she's wife of a president and she's kind of also trying to assert her own independence. Then there's the whole kind of sequence during the assassination just directly after it, which is probably one of the best portrayals of kind of grief and shock or immediate grief that that you're ever going to see and then there's kind of she kind of goes back to the detached kind of more kind of retrospective kind of when she's been interviewed for the for the article at the end I thought it was very very good she's she's definitely definitely very very strong she's um, she's a very good chance of winning I think okay uh, it's a strange performance as well in that the first time she's on screen it feels so studied and affected mm. but then when you actually watch what Jackie Kennedy or Jackie Onassis was like in reality mm. she was extremely studied and affected and had a bunch of these kind of mannerisms and a very strange yeah. accent so it's a really good portrayal of someone like that who is because you can watch the film that they record yeah, during yeah. the film which is a, a tour around the White House that Jackie Kennedy did the TV special the, that, the TV yeah. special you can watch it and it's I mean Nicole Kidman or sorry um, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the wrong thing and uh, Natalie Borman just gets it spot on like she really yeah yeah kind of does but I I, 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 th- I thought she was amazing huh? yeah and she's great at just someone who's gone through maybe one of the most traumatic things that could happen to you having like your spouse's fucking head blown off and you have to try to hold their head together while you drive to the hospital mm. having that happen to her <coughs> and she's a very kind of stiff person and just really trying to keep a lid on it and not crack up and mm. having to deal with the kids and all the normal stuff that people might have to deal with but also being that much in the spotlight and being worried about like a legacy you know not being worried about everyday normal people things because your husband was the president of America <laughs> uh, she's fucking very good in it okay and it does it's uh, that film in general it's more her performance is more interesting than standard biopic stuff and the film itself as well is more interesting than mm. I thought it was going to be when I walked in it's not just a standard uh, like I period f- fucking biopic Oscar bait thing like it feels like the whole film and the director they're all trying to do something a bit more involved or interesting or something that might actually stay with you after it ends not just uh, a nice story with period dressing you know but okay. it's a much stronger film than the likes of Hidden Figures it's probably a bit stronger than Hell or High Water I'm very surprised it didn't get nominated for Best Picture that's true and I don't know well we'll get into this later but I have <laughs> no fucking idea what Hacksaw Ridge is doing <laughs> <laughs> alright well let's, let's say in this category for now we can we can vent that rage later on uh, Emer, uh does the uh, the singing dancing Emma Stone have a chance for La La Land I think she does 
she's great in it. Emma Stone is the most expressive face. Yes. And when she's doing that last scene when she's singing, and when she's doing her in her uh, audition scene, mm-hmm. and it's, he's doing all those just <coughs> continuous takes of just mm. her doing that scene, and she's amazing. And like she's always been good, but I think if La La Land are go- is going to sweep through this whole uh, Oscars, then she'll be up for it for best actress. I, I was actually t- talking about her expressive face and comparing it with uh, the fella who won the Oscar for uh, Theory of Everything, and he's in the Harry Potter movie this year. Oh, the Eddie guy Redmayne. can't. What's his name? Eddie Redmayne. Lips. Yeah, because I think he's got a, he's got like great control over his face, but does way <laughs> too much with it. <laughs> and I, and I don't know what to look at. He does too much. Mouth, yeah. Whereas Emma Stone can do the same, but it works for her. I, I think anyway. I just yeah. Well, well she's no, got she doesn't big eyes swing as well. big as much as him though. No, maybe she doesn't go quite as big, and maybe that's why it works. She, but like, she, I can't but think of anything that was like her Jupiter ascending. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. I can't think of anything There's where yeah, where you get the sense that no one was like, whoa, whoa, whoa Emma Stone, fucking, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, what she did, Easy A. I haven't seen that. Easy A is good. That's really good. Yeah, it's good. But that would be her. As low as she goes, if you know. And then Spider Man Two was her as low as she goes. Oh, Spider Man Two. Is anyone here not a huge Emma Stone fan? I like Emma Stone. I'm not. I'm. I'm not hugely into her. I'm bit ambivalent. She's just a likable kind of person. Yeah, I think she's. Yeah, I think she does a kind. She has a kind of a. You know, she's like an attractive, white actress who does. If you want to like give your film just a slight bit, bit of quirk, edge. just a yeah, little bit of yeah. quirk without it being threatening. She plays <laughs> like a lot of those <laughs> similar characters, that quirky kind of one that yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Like in she's not Gabby Hoffman as well. No, saying. but you know uh, the one that the other one she's in with Ryan Gosling. Oh, the love story. Love, crazy yeah. stupid love. Crazy stupid love. So she plays a similar, not a similar, but it's just that kind of Emma Stone character. Kind of, yeah. Who's really down to earth, but she's beautiful. Yeah. She's you know? like really normal, and she doesn't realize she's beautiful, but she's like so beautiful. Exactly. And but everyone's falling over. And I did find in La La Land, there was more to her. Mm. Mm. I didn't find she was in La La Land as even just graceful as Gosling was. Like I was surprised by what a good dancer Gosling is. Well, actually, I did read that Damien Chazelle wanted to get Miles Teller, didn't he? He wanted to get non-dancing. Yeah, Miles Teller, I, I saw that. Yeah, hmm. and oh, sorry, sorry but he didn't want to get any uh, dancers who can act. He wanted actors who can't dance, in a way. <laughs> but Ryan Gosling is really good at it. Yeah, well, and he was he was busy learning how to play the piano. So he had yeah. to learn how to play the piano for that whole thing. Is that him really playing and he mm. didn't play before? Yeah, so That's I was reading impressive. this... this uh, Is there a sort of CGI? Like, no, the hands are real, but it's not him. It was all done it was all in, him. In, in one take. Mm. So and amazing. up until the end, he wasn't getting it. He was playing piano really well, but he was playing it like someone who knew piano, but not like someone who plays piano. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently... I just read this article today where they were saying they had to... Like, he basically put his head down for the last few months and was like, I'm going to learn how to wow. play like a piano player. Yeah. As opposed to someone who knows how to play the piano, mm. and then he, he cracked it. Maybe. But uh, I did read that he wanted to have actors who can't dance, so that there was that natural approachability to them, so that we could understand if we decided to <laughs> just break into <laughs> dance, that In there the wouldn't be this perfect. World. Yeah, there wouldn't be this. Well, perfect I think there's, dance there's a question, or not a question, but there's a uh, people make comment about how Emma Stone, it, her voice isn't like she isn't like an opera singer. She's not the most yeah. amazing singer, and same with Ryan Gosling. So I guess that's the same kind of related into um. dancing as well. I think in that new Terence Malick film we were talking about it a few days ago Song to Song yeah I think Ryan Gosling's singing in that as well he sings in the trailer at least we fall into the trap of uh, talking about Ryan oh, Gosling yeah. when we're supposed to be talking about Emma Stone <laughs> so let's let's quickly move on <laughs> well, that says a lot though about <laughs> her performance in it yeah, yeah. No, it's not a bad performance but I don't know if it's when she sang that song 
at the end I was like oh like it's great mm. I think the performance for that was amazing and the delivery of the song this or whatever it is the this is for the dreamers mm. so Richard is yes. Ruth Negga going to bring an Oscar home to us uh, I think there's a decent enough chance of doing it like it's a very unshowy performance like Loving I look into this later on but it's not it's like Hidden Figure it's kind of it's fine it's not particularly amazing mm. she's probably the best thing in it um, but I feel like something like Stone Stone's more approachable she's more likeable in Hollywood Ruth Negga it's, it's a very kind of quiet reserved but it's all just in the eyes performance you're kind of waiting for the bottle to blow off yeah to just sort of explode or shout or something film hmm. and it never happens it's the same with Joel Egerton. They're both very subdued yeah. characters and I don't think... Obviously, it's not like it's not their fault it was written for them, but there was no opportunity to kind of show any kind of range in that entire film. Which apparently is... The, I was reading a bit about it afterwards. Apparently, they both were very reserved people in real life. So I guess it's, it's an accurate performance, but yeah. it's, it's very unshowy. So can she win on that alone? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, I suppose. Okay, well, let's let's go around the table. So um, we'll start with you, Emer. Um, who should win and who do you think is going to win? Or who do you think should win? So I'm limited to what I've seen in the Best Actress <laughs> category, but I think who's going to win is Emma Stone. And because I've seen it, it's going to. I would think Emma Stone should win. <laughs> <laughs> is that the only one you've seen? Yeah, it turns out I'm not supporting uh, the female category. Uh, I've actually only seen two. So. <laughs> Claire? Um, yeah, I'd say Emma Stone's going to walk away with it. But I would love to see Isabel Huppert what, just taking it because it's such a non-Oscar film. Like, it doesn't feel like a... But she's kind of been kind of an art house actor for a long time. And yeah. there's kind of a bit of traction in Hollywood for her. Is that mm. correct? That yeah, you know, I mean, A lot of people really like her for years and years I just think it would be great because, yeah, it's just sort of not what you... Yeah, it's not what you expect. She's not the the sort of the female lead as well that I think a lot of people want her to be so it's nice and different Richard um, I think it'd be nice to see Ruth Negga win I think she will I think I think Portman has it purely because it's such a the character she's playing is such an iconic American figure and also it's a very as we were saying like studied performance it, it's actually distracting to a point but it is very well observed and it's very careful I think Streep could get it though because Streep just always gets it so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you think the kind of current political climate in America will will give her a bit of a boost, kind of mm, showing what maybe, uh, what a politician yeah. or a politician politician's wife should be like? If Hollywood is as just fuck you Trump as they purport to be, then absolutely that'd be a nice just yeah, yeah. middle finger. That people are just pining for a presidential assassination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is funny actually watching Jackie when they're walking down the promenade and it's like, oh, we can't have you out in public. You might get shot at, and it's like, oh, wasn't it strange to be in a time when? Assassinations were frowned upon and looked forward to. <laughs> Whereas I was like, has someone shot him yet? Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder what. In, I was, was I saying this to you, Alan? That I wonder what influence the Trump presidency is going to have on action films, not just in terms of <laughs> like reverse Rambo movies. Oh, well, not actually... not just in terms of like uh, jingoistic uh, action movies being made, yeah. but like you know the way the signifier during the nineties and noughties for bad guys was always they're going to kill the president or the hacks the president. Now, if I saw that, I'd be like, oh, I mean, I <laughs> guess they have a fair, I mean, I guess they have some good arguments. I was t- like saying well, something along the same lines of like, there definitely has to be a lot of more dystopian kind of there films coming out them. now. Because, I know there already is, but like the way everything's gone at the moment, it's definitely going to spur on some horrible outcome. Mm. Okay, well, we maybe maybe we'll be talking about that and nothing else at next year's Oscars podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but well, but be for outside now, of the assassination of president, the current climate is 
touched upon in Hell or High Water. I'll just throw that mm. in there on that point mm. and we can revisit we'll it. We'll come later. back to that, so. <laughs> um, Peter? Yeah, I've only seen Emma Stone and Natalie Portman. Um, <clears throat> I think Natalie Portman, I, I think she should win it and I think that she will win it. Okay. Yep. Jed? Uh, yeah, I like Natalie Portman's performance. I think she's probably going to win, but I have a horrible feeling Meryl Streep might get it for just <laughs> trying oh, <no>. up. <laughs> okay. Well, all of you didn't say that you hope Newt Ruth will win, so I'll just leave that out there. I'm very disappointed in all of you. Um, I'm not I, really, I, I know most of you haven't seen I'd be very happy if she won. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, we all would be. Uh, go, Ruth. Okay, actor in leading roles. Seeing as you all want to talk about Ryan Gosling, let's move on to this category. Do uh, we, though? <laughs> it, seems, it seems that way. So we have Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield in Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling in La La Land, Viggo Mortensen in Captain Fantastic, and Denzel Washington from Fences. So, uh, Jed, I'm just going to go straight to you again. Um, does Denzel have an Oscar for, for Fences this year? Uh, I think he's a strong contender. I don't think he should be. I don't think that that... I mean, his performance in that movie is impressive. And But there's a point where about 15 minutes in, where I'm, I was watching it and personally I just found it completely exhausting to be around this character. Because uh, he's a very forceful... Uh, like a very forceful version of uh, what's his name from Death of a Salesman Willie something or other don't know uh, who's putting wants to put up a fence and wants to keep his life together he's a little bit like the character from Locke that Tom Hardy played right uh, yeah yeah okay you know likes to have wants to maintain some kind of control but he's a flawed character mm. but he's in this he is a dad who drinks a bit uh, he's a bin man and he constantly is monologuing and telling jokes and stories and letting you know what he's about via a series of rubber ducky uh, sob stories and shit like that right it's exhausting to watch and I think on stage I would have probably liked it because you're literally in his presence uh, as a movie it just felt like an actor directing himself and like I was saying we were talking about this a little bit just before we rolled where I love Denzel Washington but in this if you like Denzel Washington and you only have and you can only watch one movie <laughs> like just di- watch this because it's two and a half hours of Denzel Washi- Washington <laughs> operating at like 200% uh, capacity uh, I don't think it should win Okay well here's a question that um, if I knew the answer would be a trivia question but I don't so let's see if any of you know the answer has an actor or has a director ever directed himself to an Oscar win for acting? Ben Aff- yeah, no, that's the only win. one that I would have thought. But then Affleck, Argo won, but I don't think he won. No. For best actor. Okay, well maybe I'll try and, I'll try and look that Unless I'm up. right. <laughs> then I knew I was right. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite the caveat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if that. I'm wrong, I'm also right because he <laughs> said it was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Covering. Casey Affleck seems to have a pretty good chance, except for the controversy surrounding him. So uh, what yeah. does what does everybody think about that? Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. That should have nothing to do with his performance it leaves a bad taste in my mouth but it shouldn't have anything to do with whether or not he's going to win it if someone kills someone and did a great performance they should still win the Oscar if it's worthy <laughs> yeah. yeah well it's kind of like what happened in Ireland a couple of years ago do you remember that when Matthew Broderick killed those people no there was a poet <laughs> I think who was a, a paedophile or something and they wanted to get his poetry yeah. he's the guy over in, in Kathmandu yeah, in Nepal. Oh, exactly. He yeah, wasn't a beautiful. Yeah. Well, he was underage. Basically, it was thirteen or sixteen year old. They wanted the his poetry removed from the Sinemus. syllabus, basically. Yeah. And people were saying, you know, what's the 
that to do with mm. I've gone completely off topic here, but what I mean is what he does in his real life, or is this a judgment of his acting? You're not problem? wrong, like, objectively, but, like, the Oscars is very much about what will appeal to the masses and whatnot. So I think they, they definitely are going to, even though even the list of Best Fiction nominations, it's not based on merit. It's based on what has the most appeal to, like, uh, looking yeah. good. Like, as we said, like, The Witch should be on there, Greener should be on there, but they're not, because that's not how it works. So Casey Affleck being accused of, or not accused... He did those things, didn't he? He probably did. Yeah. Well, he was he accused. Did. He did those was it ever brought to trial? Or? The, no. The, the, settlement, the settlement like um, agreement or whatever the fuck it's called was basically that no, one's from, no one who was involved in the case was allowed to speak about the case after a certain ruling was made. So basically, mm. the amount of information right. we have is very limited because... We have like statements from the like from the victims or whatever. But and for people who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, Claire, fill them in because <laughs> I, so I think people might need to. Have yeah. A on this. It's not so he like, I don't know. He it was on the set of I'm not here. Or I'm still here. I'm still here. And um, Joaquin Phoenix, that like satirical kind of mockumentary thingy, and um, thing. which was a great film. But he, I think the the big the biggest victim in the whole situation was the female cinematographer and at one point it sounded it did sound really horrible and hmm. um, he like hopped into bed with her I remember reading this but I don't and have then, the details clear in my yeah, head yeah like she she woke up and he was in bed and he was just like it was all just terrible behaviour from the very beginning of shooting to the end and he would say like really horrible sexual things to her on set and tell like other men to do sexual things to her on set and it just sounded she said it was her worst experience ever like professionally, like, so yeah. From from my memory, it was like con- it. It sounded like and it sounded sexual like, bullying. Yeah, and it sounded like he was. He's of. It sounded like he was drunk a lot as well. Like it was a lot. It was very kind of alcohol fueled, mm. just constant. I yeah, think there was a second. And there was another woman there was as a, well. A production yeah. assistant as well yeah. on the yeah. same film, or maybe on another yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. That's something similar. Similar happened to as well. Like but without sounding flippant, though, I do think his. Perf- I'm not. I'm not trying to dismiss any of that stuff. I do th- think his performance in Manchester by the Sea is fucking incredible. Mm. Yeah, like mm. he's so uh, restrained and and mm. plays all the nuances of this character really well. Like a guy who, you know, he hears terrible news and just pretty much keeps a lid on it and just tries to figure out what he. Yeah. Okay, what will mm. I do now? Like, what is the practical thing for my character to do? And. He plays uncertainty and like there's loads of scenes where he just doesn't know what the fuck to do with himself. Kind and of he similar, plays it so well. Similar to Naomi Harris, we'll say in Moonlight, or even Natalie Portman in Jackie. Again, his character does a kind of a flip in the first say. I know mm. it kind of cuts it; it jumps between time. Mm. But in the say the pre-tragedy, Casey Affleck versus the post-tragedy, Casey Affleck are two completely different characters. Yeah. He's playing mm. two diff- completely different different I, people. It's, it's it's a great performance. But like shortly before I watched. Manchester by the Sea. I, I listened to a, a podcast with Casey Affleck, and he was describing his character as someone, like as a water balloon that was going around and trying not to let anyone in in case it popped, because mm. he's just holding in all this grief. And like I think when I first started, when I started watching the film, I was like, God, he's just really quiet more than anything, and it was really hard to suss him out. And then it just became so visceral and like just like so so sad. But he but- was great yeah. and even the, like there is a scene towards the end where it, he kind of almost breaks or he almost kind of comes apart but I, I love that both in terms of I'm assuming it's a directorial choice but also him as an actor's choice that it, it doesn't turn into the sobbing mm. Oscar scene like it yeah, does look like right, someone yeah. trying so hard to keep yeah. their shit together and it's like watching someone 
Yeah, because it's you true know, kind to life. of almost break and not quite break. Yeah, because like, it's, it's true to life in real life. You are going to hold yourself in. You are going to. You're not. Yeah, if you run into someone in public, you're not yeah. going to break down and be like, "You don't know, man." Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's all about it's all about that. And I think him and his brother, you know, and the kid, it's all about like bottling emotions, and that was brought through the whole film. It was really real. Kind of masculine representation. Yeah, for, very for much kind of, so. For men keeping it yeah. in and not like not having those moments where they just have this emotional outburst. I wonder, yeah, it's part of this a Boston thing that as Irish people we can relate to. Just yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, God, I love does. all these repressed people <laughs> not talking about their feelings and trying not to cry all the just time. Drinking endlessly. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, just drinking all the time. So uh, Andrew Garfield is nominated for Hacksaw Ridge. Should he be? No. 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 <laughs> no. I'm gonna say no. I haven't seen the film. He's not, he's not no. bad in it. Like I think he's a good actor, but like. He's had the same face in every single film he's ever been in, which is this kind of he does have a smiling, <laughs> cringing face where he's upset about something, but he's also trying to play it off. I mean, it's, credit I for that though. This is the first film that she, I think, addressed the smiling face thing and actually made a point of it. Like yeah, Vince yeah. Vaughn's character keeps going, "What are you smiling? What are you laughing at?" I mean, that's <laughs> nice if only addressing that. But yeah, I agree. It's not not great. Vince Vaughn is in this film. He's yeah. playing yeah. like oh. what's your man's Vince name from Full Jacket? <laughs> Uh, Ermy or the drill sergeant yeah drill sergeant. he's basically yeah. in that character from Full Jacket and he's terrible okay <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. he's better than he's better than, than Andrew Garfield <laughs> you think I, mean, I the, think the so good I liked Vince Vaughn in, it. in the second era I liked him in the first era I thought it was the most horrendously showy performance of just Vince Vaughn trying mm. not to be Vince Vaughn and it was unwatchable but it's Vince it was Vaughn cringy. being Vince Vaughn in a uniform yeah but he was trying sergeant, to be all like shouting funny, funny I think he he's trying to escape a little bit the same with True Detective season 2 that he's trying to scrape out or this kind of mold he had for himself but the, the good thing about Hacksaw Ridge is that if you can get over that first half where Andrew Garfield is so present, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that in a bad way, he's just in the movie. If you can get through that first half and get up to Hacksaw Ridge, then you're in for a treat. Yeah, because his face is covered in very talks. Yeah, but you're in for a treat then. It's like Mel Gibson does an amazing job of the action scene up there, and it's just, it's great. And then at the end, you can just get get over him again. It's just, <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. He's, but the movie, second half, I mean, we'll talk about that when we're in I Best Picture. I think that answers your question. Okay, that answers my question. Definitely um, not. Okay, okay. Uh, well, I think you're all very mean holding it against Vince Vaughn for being himself and holding it against <laughs> Andrew Garfield for having a face. But anyway, <laughs> can Viggo Mortensen win it for Captain Fantastic? No. no, he definitely won't. He won't. It was a good performance. Um, the film's a little bit over the top. I only watched it uh, only last week, but... I don't uh, even think it's an art. Like, why is that film? I, I enjoyed I quite it. Like it. Mm. I I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. But it's nothing I haven't seen before. Like story wise, like direction wise, like anything. It's not original. But just for him, I don't know. you know, standing outside of his. Uh, he got his balls his, out. Yeah, yeah. That's and he's the only thing yeah. he fifty-seven years old. Is he? Just he was the well, best part of it, but I just think out of all the films, he's not the new. that one as well. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. But let's say I would be looking at Viggo Mortensen and okay, so Andrew Garfield definitely would be out. But I suppose I'd be putting Viggo Mortensen ahead of Ryan Gosling as well. Really? But I think Viggo's performance wasn't particularly impressive. It, it, it was wasn't. just him showing up on set, being kind of funny and charming, and then just leaving. Like, it wasn't. No, a his kid performance did for him. A better the job. kids were all really good. Yeah. Yeah, he was just fine. He was but enjoyable. It's, but it's just, just when I look at the competition. Mm. Out of the five nominees. Viggo is number five. He's the least likely. Oh, to really? Be according to the That's not okay. Okay. Mm. Is well, this Paddy Power? Who are you checking? This is Paddy Power. Okay. I'm not trying Paddy to plug them, but maybe. Uh, <laughs> so, Jade, you seemed fairly smitten by Ryan Gosling's performance in La La Land. 
I don't think it should win best actor though. I do like him in it, mm. and I think like it's, I'm extra impressed now that I, lear- I learned that he learned how to play piano. Mm. Uh, well, so did Miles Teller for well drums yeah. for uh, Whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to play piano, and I was like, "Box." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. the same writer, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. he's same like, director. "Hey, you guys, I love jazz music." That insane mm. you learn young, piano and you learn drums. Young, successful dickhead. That guy is <laughs> younger than me. I hate him. So that yeah, six years in the making. He wrote it with the songwriter in college. Anybody else have anything <laughs> to say about Ryan Gosling? He's fine. I think he's exactly that. He's I'm good. not he's convinced he's by him. Fine. He's always just that kind <laughs> of good. Oh, no, I, I think Brian Gosling is great, but I just don't know that his performance in this is. Yeah, there wasn't a huge range in it. I didn't no. think. I've never seen range from Ryan Gosling. <laughs> then why do you applaud him so? <laughs> I no, don't. I'm putting Viggo Mortensen ahead. <laughs> I think in the his performance in Drive is just fucking incredible. Yeah. That that again mm. is him just being like, I'm not going to do anything. Well, yeah, it's him being stoic, but there's more below. A lot of actors were just not speaking. It would be so fucking dull. Like he has the presence and he has the ability to like. Like that film is such a fucking wonderful melodrama where no one speaks, where yeah. it's just these two characters who would just start gushing and nonstop I talking and shifting. I agree with if that. I think he's great at not like doing much. Yeah, just biting it's, their tongues. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, but should he get an Oscar? I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to oh, say. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't nominated for um, Drive, but he was nominated for Half Nelson. So this is his second nomination. Half Nelson's mm. another great. That was a good while ago. Half Nelson's probably ten years ago, is it? It is eleven years ago. Eleven mm. years ago. Mm. So, okay, let's go around the table and get the, the shoulds and the hopes, or the wills and the hopes. Um, Claire, let's start with you this time. Uh, I haven't seen Fences, but I'm guessing Denzel's a bit of a shoe in I don't know. Um, or Casey Affleck. And I'd be very happy to see Casey Affleck win it. I think it was a great performance. Okay, uh, Richard? Uh, I'd like to see Vigo win it, just because it's Vigo, but I don't think he will. It's probably Affleck, it could be Denzel. If the controversy doesn't stick, it'll be Affleck. If it does, it'll be Denzel. Peter, I think um, I think the the controversy with Casey Affleck will I think make uh, will make him lose the he won't win it because of that. Okay, I think that because all the the way the academy works, that all the guys are in there, they vote for who they want to win, and I think there's definitely people in there who will not want to vote for him because of that as sub, a, a, a subjective reason we'd say mm-hmm. objectively the performance is absolutely brilliant and, and spot on so I think Casey should win because it's such a very good performance but I think Denzel will win okay Jed uh, I think Casey Affleck should win in even though he may be a horrible person who has inflicted horrible trauma on other he would not be the first horrible person to win an Oscar <laughs> uh, yeah the like prison don't nominate set, him I guess yeah. but uh, I think it's going to be Denzel okay Emer I think Casey Affleck should win and I'm going to hold out for the weird voting system that happens in the Oscars where those mediocre movies usually take over. So if they are knocking down Casey Affleck because of the controversy, maybe he's going to hit the right point and get the vote. What if Garfield wins? Yeah. <laughs> that That's the end of the Oscars. That's 1998 again with uh, Shakespeare in Love. I really don't think it's a very strong category overall. Though. Yeah. I mean, Except for Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck is mm. very strong. And I, ha- okay, I haven't seen Denzel, but by all accounts... But I mean, Garfield, Gosling, and and Vigo, the yeah. three of them could be easily replaced by mm. by other people. I think, especially Andrew Garfield, it could have been a better film if he was replaced. Yeah, and yeah. also not the character. He could have nominated for Silence. Could have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> Is he good in Silence? It's the same performance, Axel Rage, but with a weird Portuguese accent. Right. Okay. Ah, <laughs> he's much better. In Definitely. What about I like Silence a lot, and I, I didn't. didn't like what about Adam Driver? Should he get nominated for Patterson? Oh, I I've heard a lot of people arguing that I haven't seen Patterson but I've, I've heard he's very very good mm. he's great 
To catch you up on the earlier question, uh, Laurence Olivier won for Hamlet when he directed oh. himself, and Roberto Bellini won oh, for yeah. Life oh, is Beautiful. Oh, It happened three times the other way. It happened three times the other way when uh, somebody won for Best Director when they were also nominated for Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Do you want to? Does anyone want to guess? Again, say it again. It happened three times before when somebody won an Oscar for Best Director when they were also nominated for Best Actor. Okay, so Ben Affleck, we said that one for yeah. Argo. He won Best Director. He, he, he won Best Director. But not Best Actor. Yeah. Okay, I actually don't have that one on the list, but I'll double check or that. Or was it Best Film? Ones. No, it got, spe- it got Best Picture, all right. Yeah, okay. Did he get Best director? director? Oh, I don't know. No. He did direct it. I thought he produced it. No, he directed it. No, he did, he did direct it, um, but he didn't He didn't win the Oscar for... Okay, sorry. Okay. Uh, he won it, it won the Best Motion Picture, but... That goes to the producers. Yeah. Okay. So there's three... Do you want to guess or will I tell give you? Us the year. Give us a clue. Yeah, yeah. give us a, a clue. Year. Uh, okay, well, one of them was in 1990. Oh, Kevin Costner. Dances Kevin with Costner, Wolves. The Dances with Wolves. Uh, another one was in 1977. Robert Redford? Nope. A Jewish comedian who likes to talk to the camera a lot. Oh, Woody, Woody, Woody Allen. Allen. Woody Allen for Annie Hall. <laughs> and the other one was <laughs> in 1981 was Warren Beatty for Reds. Uh, there you go that's the end of the trivia round <laughs> <laughs> we all lost <laughs> let's move on to uh, our next category that we're going to look at which is writing adapted screenplay and uh, nominated in this are Arrival Fences Hidden Figures Lion and Moonlight Moonlight um, and Moonlight yeah so uh, what I heard about Fences uh, from other people was that it felt like a play on as a movie like a, like a play on the screen uh, would that be fair was it actually properly adapted Jed uh, I'm like I'll caveat this by saying I'm not familiar with the play uh, before seeing the film but my understanding is it's basically a transcript of the play so that should go against ludicrous it. that it got best adapted screenplay right because um, I think they part didn't like, adapt well yeah well part of the point of best adapted screenplay is that you're giving an award you're acknowledging that it's you're adapting the thing yeah like if you're literally just transcribing scene for scene, mm. almost line for line. And you know the way sometimes that's st- like it can almost be a style when it when something feels like it, you're watching a play, but it's really a film. Like, did that help or hinder? No, it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I suppose we'll get into this more when we're talking about the best picture nominees. But at no point while watching Fences, do you think anyone sat down and right, went right, right how do we make this into a movie as opposed to a play like do yeah. we uh, do we change the tenor of the performances to make it feel a little bit more improvisational so it feels more naturalistic mm. and we make the camera hang back or we give it some kind of style that makes it feel one way or the other it literally just feels like well that's the play those are the lines from the play so yeah, we have a camera there and we'll we'll do the normal like it's, it, it's workmanlike it is very it's solid in the sense of like Yes, the scenes are covered well and they know when they need to cut to a close-up, but no, nothing beyond that. Like. Oh, good answer. Yeah, so uh, best out <laughs> the screenplay, it shouldn't get that. Um, I don't think. Has any, has anyone here, like, is anyone familiar with both sources in any of the cases? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm... I, I, They've had a rival described to me, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a that very based well... On a book? Moonlight yeah, is a Yeah, short play. story, I think. Okay. Moonlight was that done as uh, I think it was a play or was it a was it a memoir? It was something, something that was in production, but I think that's in on a technicality. Almost right. Okay. For that <laughs> okay. Play. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. If it, it was a play, they should show fences how to do it. 
So Peter, what's the what's the favorite in this category? The favorite is Moonlight. Okay. Uh, followed by Line and then That's Hidden probably. Figures. Hidden Figures is ahead of Arrival hmm. and Fences. Now, Hidden Figures, I mean, is it? It's just a, it's kind of a serviceable film. It's just yeah. it's the lesser space movie, certainly. Whereas yeah. Lion, as a let's say, if it began, it began as a book, it is actually you can see how difficult it was to fit so much. You can fit a lot more in the book than the film. I mean, there's a 25 year gap in between it or a 20 year gap, mm. but they do do a good job of fitting it in and tying all the ends up. Well, we just move on because we can all have uh, stronger opinions on writing original screenplays. So in this category is Hell or High Water, La La Land, The Lobster, Manchester by the Sea and 20th Century Women. So we have La La Land again. Is that got a good, sh- is that got a, is it a really good screenplay? Uh, I think it's good, but I, I don't think the screenplay is why anyone likes that movie. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. it's weird that it's nominated there, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's it's. It is a nice movie and it's, you know, fun to watch and everything, but it's kind of a gimmick. Like, if you take out the singing and dancing and all, it's it's fairly formulaic rom-com, isn't it? Mm. Uh, in some sense, but like there is, with I can't go into spoilers, but there are some things that happened that I thought were mm. unexpected in it. Right. But yeah. it, I, I, I still don't think anyone would be like, walking out of that movie being like, that was so well written. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just, it's the style of it, it's mm. the charm mm. of the actors. It's style, really, it's the, isn't it? Yeah the music and just the spectacle of the whole thing mm. Manchester by the Sea that's where you come out going wow yeah. that's yeah. amazing I was actually convinced watching that was based on a book this has to be a book the that's structure is so yeah. book like yeah. and then I was like that's original wow that's actually incredible yeah, yeah. that's great So that's yeah, that's I thought with Manchester by the Sea the one thing about it was some of the you know they jumped back and forward in time some of the cuts I thought were fairly I don't know where you didn't notice just kind of arbitrary confused where you yeah a little were. bit like okay there's the scene okay the spoilers a little bit but there's a scene um, obviously the huge emotional scene in the middle where you find out what the tragedy is that happened and it's cutting between that and him in, in the solicitor's office yeah. and stuff like that I just thought it was very strange okay maybe that's I don't know if it was written exactly like that or was that an mm. editing choice but it was a very well, it was initially confusing what was happening there but then it sort of gradually made sense and it then you, you moved sense, on but, but I, I, quite, I know what I you mean. I get what you mean. It was yeah. revealed yeah. as it went through. Yeah. Which I I liked, but yeah, a lot was revealed just while he was sitting at that desk, as opposed yeah. to throughout the film. They, basically, his whole ex- past experience was revealed then. But I did like the way it didn't. We didn't know from the beginning, and the way it was chopped in, as opposed to mm. kind of hyped Tarantino. Yeah. I thought Arrival Flashback. was the best use of flashbacks I've seen yes. maybe ever. That was the best twist that known as a twist. Yeah. Twice. No. I've only seen it once. I've only seen it twice. I've seen it once. Why? Why watch it just, uh, just interesting to go back in and watch it a second time. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very the point. You know, the <laughs> circle. Um, Jed, you're the only one who's seen 20th Century Women, I think. So yes. what do you what do you think? Is it well written? Is it? Uh, yeah, I think it's actually, it's a really interesting screenplay. I think some of the issues, I, I, I wrote a review for the site, but I think some of the issues I have with it were more uh, directorial choices. There are things to do with tone or the tenor of the performances, but the screenplay is interesting in its, it's largely based on the director's own experiences growing up. Uh, and it's kind of, it feels, you know, light on plot and kind of meandering, but in a very pleasant way. It, it's a little bit like uh, Everybody Wants Some, except with oh. uh, women instead of a bunch of bros. <laughs> uh, and it's set in a similar time period. It's the, the late 70s, uh, just just on the cusp of the 80s. Uh, but yeah, it's very well written. It kind of has a style where it will uh, 
jump back and forth between monologues that flesh out these characters' pasts and it also references things that are going to happen to them so you're getting a snapshot of their lives but it has this really really infectious sense of empathy for everyone so like when people are having arguments no one feels like a fucking straw man and like it it's just it's a very very kind movie and it's interesting in that sense in that it's very light well not light but very very kind and ambles along and very sympathetic and empathetic to all these characters so it's and it's a non-traditional type of screenplay Uh, so it's interesting to see it there for those reasons Uh, I also think if we're emphasizing the original in original screenplay the lobster Lobster, (laughs) is fucking very original can we let's all see a shot in Ireland are we allowed to call it an Irish film it's Irish it's production company. Irish yeah. Element Pictures. It has okay. Joelle's in it. In it has what? Joelle's features. Oh, it does have Joelle's. It has, it has Colin. That really excited me. For us, from Gabriel, what's Joelle's? I could be, I do think it's a couple of countries that have put money into it, though. Yes. Well, that's Not true of most European films. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so I think we could film. take the victory if it won. Yeah, of course we could. There's no think we would. Yeah, it'd be on the RT News. Lobster is definitely one of the most clever, very, very clever film on that. uh, Just the way it's done. I thought with the lobster that the narration and everything that happens on screen in terms Mm. of the actual, uh, how the whole story plays out is is very, very good. Some of the dialogue scenes, you know, where they kind of talk really um, matter-of-fact to each other and challenge to each other. It graded me a little bit <laughs> as the film that. went on. Yeah, I like But then that. it cuts back to... The, no, the, the dialogue is very sparse in it and a lot of it is more narration talking over the action that's happening on screen, which is all very, very good. I don't know, the dialogue kind of graded me a little bit. I love it, that, though. Yeah. I love that he makes films where people can't express themselves and just talk like children at mm. each other and then yeah. are really fucking horny and hurt each other violently. <laughs> like, it's great. Yeah, it is like a childlike kind... Like, his characters are very childlike and... Yeah. When they're, it's like they're put in these adult bodies and told to behave a certain way and they're like I can't yeah it's mm. like people on the first day of play school just yeah. walking to each other being like I have a belly button I, do you have a belly button <laughs> like it's just <laughs> nothing that they're talking about it's wonderful but I mean like John C. Riley, obviously it comes more natural to him like that yeah <laughs> kind of yeah that childlike way so when he did it I didn't really notice it was just John C. Riley. even Rachel Weiss, there was a little bit more I don't know what would be the word tone to her voice as opposed to the I think it was Colin Farrell that would have uh, annoyed me the most with when he's just like but I don't think I will you know just mm. really monotone and I think it was just Colin Farrell who yeah, annoyed with that. me more than but I, think I don't know I liked him in it I liked him in it and I, oh, I, I don't was. always like him but I don't know if it worked for him yeah I mean I, he had I, to do what other people were doing because this was how the tone <laughs> of the film is set but it, he, I don't know if it worked it's, for him it's or an it was absolutely just me. hilarious film though like yeah. from yeah. start to finish if you're in goes, the right mood for it it's just it just yeah. hits everything I and it, it never goes film. where you expect it to go so the whole time you're and it, go, it is quite a long film as well but the whole time you're watching it you're like I know for a fact I can't predict what's coming next mm. yeah. so and like, that's a, a really nice yeah, thing to feel like it's so unusual to watch a movie especially if you watch lots of movies where you have fucking no idea what's going to mm. happen next yeah. and this, it's not just that the premise is weird mm. like you genuinely don't know what's coming t- down, the, but even down the tracks at you with this movie like, it's a lobster, fantastic it's like, screenplay oh will mm. I figure out what happens at the end it's like will I figure out what happens at the end of this scene as mm. in it's that unpredictable <laughs> like, yeah, even the opening scene the opening scene is a woman walking up into a field shooting a cow and you get the title card yeah. Yeah. 
what was that about? Yeah. Like, it's immediately just so... I had, like, yeah. I had predictions in my head about what, like, why was it called The Lobster? Mm. And then there was, I remember watching the trailer, I was like, you know, you come up with ideas and then you watch it and you're like, oh, I was way off. <laughs> like, no, but no one could have seen that coming. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I couldn't get the uh, the the Phoebe and Friends. To, That's what I lobster, thought it was. You know? I didn't want to say that because I was kind of embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go Thanks, for it. Don't Ali. worry. I'll just go straight in there with <laughs> That's that. That's exactly what I thought it was going to be. What's the Phoebe couples. and Friends thing? She thinks that like if you're someone's lobster, it means that you're going to be together forever because you hold oh, yeah, lobster yeah, yeah. claws in the yeah. in the tank. Forever. He's her lobster. Uh, has hell or high water got a chance? No. <laughs> I is do it, think though. Is it a well-written film? It I is. like it's, it. It's, it's a an tight film, like it's no, it is. It's a very well written story, in in terms of it has an arc and all the rest of it, and all the characters are fleshed out. I just think it's been told. I don't think it's been before. told in the way it's basically, oh. yeah. <laughs> before, uh, I don't think basically in America right now and the amount of like poverty now in Texas and everything, and looking at how those characters kind of relate to each other like when the cops are looking for the two guys who are robbing banks and you've got this camaraderie it's like everyone's against the guys chasing the bank robbers as mm. opposed to the bank robbers being the bad guys mm. and not yeah. in a term that the director said oh we're going to be on their side anyway because they're the protagonists but mainly because but I think society is so I terrible think, that they're I like think damn the been, I think there's been films before where the robber or the thief or whatever is like is the character that you're sympathetic towards because you know (laughs) (laughs) but you know his story and it is a you know you do want them to win in in the end no but it's more the characters also saying we don't want to help like we don't want to help the cops get these guys because we don't we don't the banks have screwed up the whole country yeah yeah. because we're always going to be on their side but it's about those you know those additional like in the cafe when they're like oh well they just came in and that's that's the more interesting part of it. That is the more interesting part. The part with the banks and the kind of politics behind the whole exactly. thing is I very t- interesting. I, I but, that's, some of that st- but it's not a best original screenplay. Yeah. I think some of the stuff in Hell and High Water about the banks and about the, like, it's fairly on the nose. It's a little bit, yeah. I thought yeah. it was a little bit too in your face. Like the very, very first scene, the camera's kind of panning around and it just goes by this wall which has graffiti saying, fuck the banks or whatever yeah. written on it. Like, you know, it's kind of like, that's the first thing you yeah. see in the film and then, you know, I think it had to force itself a little bit to definitely make sure you're absolutely 100% on the side of the two brothers who, yes. are doing the, who are the bank robbers. And even at that, Chris Pine's character. Oh, actually, I'm jumping the gun because this will be back up in Best Picture, not screenplay. But he's very little to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do yeah. that film without him nearly. I felt it was yeah. a bit, a little bit forced, but I, 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 I definitely enjoyed the film. It's better than Axel Ridge, so... Uh, so Jed uh, which uh, film would you like to see win and which do you think will win there's a lot of strong ones I'd love to see The Lobster win actually just for sheer originality and because that doesn't have any other nominations Mm -hmm. and for the Irish uh, Uh, well well, uh, neither of the nominees are actually they're both Greek yeah I'm not even going to try it was shot in Claire or Kerry or something but in terms of what I think will win possibly either Head or High Water or Manchester by the Sea so I'll pick Manchester by the Sea I do think 20th Century Women has an outside chance too because it's very strong okay Emer? I'm just really, I'm like every time this goes I'm like what are the Paddy Powers <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd be going definitely Manchester by the Sea for original screenplay because I thought it was a book when I watched it and okay. I was like this is great but I think it might go to La La Land okay 
if they're going to if they're going to cross it this is just back to that hole if they're going to mm-hmm. but i agree for original screenplay the lobster is like out there yeah <laughs> claire yeah i'd say la la land that young guy will get it Damien, 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 the 18 year old. I oh, know he's probably like. Yes, he's not actually 18. Is he? No, he's like 28. Oh, okay. No, no, no. He's, he's, 30, he's 31. Is he? He's, no way, is he? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's younger than me. We're all talking about him. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just we're like, like he, does, he doesn't fill out his suit yet. You see him yeah, walking like, up to the nah. fucking. He's Oscar's married. looking like Don't Lights, Camera Jack. He's married and divorced as well. No, I'd say he will get it. The American dream. He's 32. Okay, great. Great. So he'll probably get it. <laughs> but I would love to see the lobster getting it just because that was, um, I still think about that film and I've yeah. seen mm-hmm. it, like, I don't know, it was like so long ago. So yeah, I think that was. Okay. Richard. Uh, and with Emer, I think La La Land will get it, but it shouldn't. Um, I'd love to see the lobster get it for the same reason everyone else said. It's just, it, it was genuinely original. Um, but I'd love to see Manchester by the Sea get it as well because that, like that film it opens up making you hate that character and yet manages to intentionally not tell you what he's doing or what he's about for like an hour and then completely turn around, make him sympathetic, make the entire situation sympathetic and interesting. I think it was a really good screenplay. It was an incredible film. It probably won't win, but it should. Do you think it deliberately makes you hate the character? I hate him for the first half an hour like because he, he was intentionally stoic and intentionally isolating himself. And he's just being an asshole to everyone for I no don't, reason. I don't, I don't, I don't think you show someone living in, in one room and... But he's Yeah, exactly. We're at the bar. He's not. He's yeah. not trying to make friends. He stares you guys out and beats them for no reason and yeah, leaves. Looks, yeah, but he looks sad. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's sad, but he wasn't trying to better a situation. He was just being intentionally isolationist. And I was like, Oof. this guy, I don't like him. I don't know. I like that guy. I did eventually after I learned the things, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we can all agree we never liked Andrew Garfield again. <laughs> In any guys, <laughs> uh, Peter. Yeah, I think. Um, like just looking at. The nine Best Picture nominations, there's nothing really all that original in there. I mm-hmm. think they're all kind of kind of seen before, maybe with the exception maybe of Moonlight. But uh, for that reason, I'd love to see The Lobster win because it's mm. just such a crazy film. Mm-hmm. And he's a great director and it's a great film. Um, and Dogtooth is, you've seen mm-hmm. Dogtooth as well, Jed, before. It's, Dogtooth is a, is a phenomenal film. That, mm-hmm. one, that one Best Foreign Film, I think. Did it? Back in 2004, <laughs> I think. 2009 or something, I think. 2009, yeah. is it? Yeah, uh, uh, sorry. Um... I think Manchester by the Sea will win, but I'd love to see the Lobster win. Oh, okay. That's my call on it. What's Paddy Power saying? Paddy Power, Paddy Power, Paddy Power is saying Manchester oh. by the Sea oh. is favourite. La La Land. Then Hell or High Water is actually third favourite. Lobster is four and 20th Century Women is fifth. Hmm. Dogtooth was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film, but did okay. not win. Um, does anybody want to try and pronounce the names of the writers of The Lobster? Jorgis Lanthimos. The, s- <laughs> the second uh, one? That's the one I'm... Mr. Philippe. All right, that's as good a shout as any, I'd say. Yes, I think you got that pretty Eftimus right there. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, directing. Um, we have... I, I was told not to say Dennis, so Denis, Denis. Villeneuve. I think it's Denise, no? No, it's Denis. 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 Oh. Mr. Villeneuve for Arrival, uh, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge, oh. Damien Chazelle <laughs> for La La Land, Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea, and Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. So, uh, uh, well, I'd like to see Arrival win, but what, what do you all think? I'd Same. like to see Arrival Moonlight. or Moonlight. I think the direction was what made those films. So that makes sense. <laughs> well, I think yeah, like 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 La La Land is 
It's going oh, to win. Director's craft. Sorry, well. I haven't seen La La Land, so it's not in my head. I'd be, uh, yeah, I'd agree. I'd say you're Barry Jenkins or Damien Chazelle for me. Even though I gotta I think, yeah. give Mel Mel his uh, yeah, in fairness, hats that's off like to hit that action because it was amazing. But he knows how to do it. I mean, Braveheart. Well, the se- but the but second half of that movie, I guess we're, we're kind of jumping the gun here and just discussing <laughs> yeah, the merits of the movie because well, it's hard to discuss the merits of the direction of the movie without mm. just talking about mm. the yeah. movie itself because that's who it should emanate from in theory. But like Hacksaw Ridge, the first half of that, it introduces this character. The film is about a pacifist during World War Two who, for religious reasons, won't handle a gun but will join the army. <laughs> uh, no one at any point, he, he joins to be a medic and no one, at, no one at any point basically says, but you running around on the battlefield to treat people is only facilitated by me running around shooting <laughs> dozens of Japanese people <laughs> so you don't die. Hmm. Like, no one calls him on that thing and it the character is I think engaging but the direction where they try to make you like the character more than you should in the first half of the film is ridiculous so forced it's, yeah. it's so cloying it and over yeah overbearing at no point am I like oh I get this guy I'm like I really don't I have no <laughs> I'm hoping he dies I hope he dies he's really like you're saying I, I definitely <laughs> am on a different page there but, like. but no why would you think well, not. I hope it does. Yeah. <laughs> but like, well, especially when you see the real guy at the very end of the movie, you're mm. like, I'm glad. Imagine, I'm terrible. Yeah. But uh, no, but you don't relate to him. If you're any kind of... Human. Well, a sane, non-religious person who's not going to, uh, you know, believe so much in your God that you think that he's going to look down on you well, and just protect you. Uh, well, I think that you can, even if you don't relate to someone, I think you can still admire someone who is able to say... Look, I'm that's, stick a, to my guns. that's a matter for your conscience. My conscience won't allow me to touch a gun. But then get out of the army. You see, that came true in the second half. I felt when he's doing the whole it like, just give me one more, give me one more. That's fir- all fine. But, but the, the first, first half, exactly, I agree even, with you. When yeah. it builds up his life in the first half, even though it has things like it has, he is an alcoholic father, played by Hugo Weaving, who should have been nominated for something. He yeah, was great, maybe. But like, I, I think it just comes across like they're fucking hobbits. Like it's introduced <laughs> in such an idyllic way, where it's two kids running through a meadow, going race ya. And the music's and they like break each other. It's yeah. almost soft focus as well. It's, it's such drivel. But and then him falling in love with this hot nurse who's amazed the man is cracking onto her. And I'm like, <laughs> has no one else? Surely every man who fucking comes in there is falling in love with this woman. Like, look at her. It's and he ridiculous. nearly gets run over twice. I think they're trying to. Is he a little bit special? No, he's just he's because just at religious. the beginning you're a little bit like, what's going on with this guy? You know, he uses <laughs> like a haircut like that's too big for his body. <laughs> it's like a bowl cut, but he like you know he's just they're out of the cinema and he literally doesn't ask her permission and grabs but, her yeah, and kisses but, but her even and then nearly gets run over twice. The direction of it is in some ways fucking class once they get the hacksaw ridge because exactly. that like Mel Gibson is making a film about a pacifist. It's still Mel Gibson. It's still gonna have people digging their hands through living people's torsos and shit yeah. like that like it's 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 disgusting the amount of legs got blown off was quite incredible the legs was yeah. amazing but right? it's also Her it's well staged like he <laughs> knows how to shoot something like that yeah. like he he does have an excellent craft in that sense like and you got you, that absolute I don't know it was crazy what's the word I'm looking for just yeah crazy he's a crazy person well I mean no but it was like there was so much happening frantic is the word yeah, yeah, yeah. that it like it was really captured that whole well I've never, obviously I've never it reminds me of when I was there you know <laughs> but it really it captured something that I haven't seen from other war movies that franticness and then just people I, just I don't agree blown. with that I think like second half of the film is pretty much set in Hacksaw Ridge right and it's pretty much a battle scene for the 
guts of 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. After 10 minutes, I was like, right, I get it. Like, uh-huh. I get it. I was totally no, I was like, full hour. Okay, you've, got, you've got the first 15, 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. And that is a sensational piece of filmmaking. What Mel Gibson did was he did the same thing, but he just extended it. He made it twice as long and really three times as long. But he made it more frantic as well. But it was also more know. eventful, though, I think, in the second half when it's him just trying to hide the whole time. And yeah, there, there is an ebb and flow there. It's not just one big battle scene because there's... Because, yeah, the, the plot wise, there are things and, that happen yeah. and there, mm-hmm. you know, there's an ebb and flow and you've been introduced to these characters and then the characters are within the larger story of the battle for... Uh, this part of Iwo Jima that's crucial that the US are trying to take from the Japanese there is mm-hmm. there's things that these characters you know they get split up and they're doing different things I felt that it was actually mm. a great credit to him that I managed to be engaged by all that for so yeah. long once, once you get through but even just for as a directorial choice like spoiler alert the Americans won the Battle of Iwo Jima <laughs> and in a, I guess in an attempt to give the movie a kind of a, a, a happy ending and to make you feel like it's all worth something this movie about a pacifist who say who just doesn't carry a gun runs around saving people's lives uh, you know treats Japanese as well as Americans it ends with like triumphal music over literally hundreds of Japanese people getting blown up <laughs> I like think it's you. fucking like, I was like what are you doing Mel yeah Gibson? it is very it reminded me a lot of um, like as a directorial choice it's nuts yeah it's in a terms of bit. how it represented the Japanese yeah. versus how they represented yeah. the Somalis it, it was felt just like, like the Japanese he was treating were, was another thing to make you like him as opposed yeah. to a genuine engagement but they with were, his they were ideology they were uh, portrayed as just absolute savages like. yeah just coming just, out of the wood like yeah. out of the ground it was which was another big plot. And thing yeah, and there were there were moments where guys were running around, literally going ba 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 ba, and like twelve Japanese would drop and like running along going ba 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 ba, and then an American would get his like leg hurt and it'd be like ah, and the music would swell and he'd be like oh no, he got his leg hurt. I <laughs> mean, in terms of direction, you're like, like I was so engaged and into it, but like it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's but I was engaged like, looking at it visually, but I didn't care about any of those people who died. And I still hope Mel it. doesn't win, but I'm just saying exactly. it was well staged. Well, from is. from what I've heard, it sounds like Mel Gibson has it in the bag. But I suppose <laughs> we'll you know, talk about it. It would be such a like, oh, this is the beginning of the fucking Trump era. No, he won't. Yeah. Yeah. Mel Gibson beats <laughs> everyone <laughs> else. Jesus, imagine. No, he won't. What about Kenneth Lonergan? Does, does Kenneth Lonergan get some kudos for the way he directed those actors and yeah. and that I script? think it would have been incredibly hard to keep because of how sad that film was. And it's up to the director to kind of stay in that zone with the actors. I think that would have been just really, really tough and like really, really hard not to because you're on the other side of the camera, but you have to keep the actors in that place. And I think that would have been just horrible. But like (laughs) he did it really well. So, Mm. yeah, I think it's an extraordinarily well directed movie. Incredibly. Yeah. For me, I think, um, as I said, Manchester by the Sea, I thought there were some kind of editorial choices that I didn't agree with. It kind of graded me a little bit. Whereas for Moonlight, Barry Jenkins, I mm-hmm. think the whole, every single element of that film is is spot on. It's it's perfectly done mm-hmm. from the cinematography. I mean, it's up for the awards for cinematography and, and, and sound and score and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It's Actually, everything and, and mm-hmm. the performances from the from the three guys who yeah. play Shiran Sh- mm-hmm. are just phenomenal. That's, that's one of the things as well, that you feel like... They're the same person. There's no, yeah. there's no, mm. like, whatever. Even when they there's a time jump and he completely changes. Yeah. You're like, those yeah, three, still the same those guy. Those three actors like, yeah. were like, Very much so. whatever kind of study they did of this fictional character was like spot on. And just, like, 
the I don't know whether it's down to like what you said, the editing or the direction or the sexual tension in that film yeah. was the stro- like God, never have I ever wanted to see two men getting it on as much <laughs> as I did in that last <laughs> act of that yeah, film. I was yeah. like, This is ridiculous. Yeah. It was uncomfortable. Has anyone seen anything else by, by Barry Jenkins? I'm just looking up here. He hasn't done anything. He, he hasn't directed in five years. Which wasn't. Yeah, yeah, med- yeah. Medicine for Melancholy. And yeah, it didn't do than, very well, though. Yeah, other than that, everything. $15,000 budget. It was a very yeah. low budget thing. Everything this else is, he did was, was a short. Yeah. yeah. So I think he worked as a writer for, uh, and things like that for a while. But, yeah, I think, like, he did an incredible job on Moonlight and made something that was like just gorgeous uh, stylistically as well but it's like, still very grounded as well though yeah. well like we're saying before it feels like memories they feel vivid mm. they feel like things that will stick in your head uh, it feels like you're looking at a human being's memories of huge moments in their life mm. um, that mean a lot to them and it's something that's going to stick in my head for a long long time mm. and yeah. I think it's Going, it's a feel. I've only seen it once, but I think it's going to stand the test of time. Mm. I think uh, when you reach the third act of the film as well, like spoiler alert, when you find out that he becomes a gangster, it's like you get a really good sense of how he got into that life and mm. why and what he's like now as a. I can't remember what he's called. A, I don't know, there's some term of whatever he is in the drug world, but... Oh, is he saying he's trapping or something? Yeah, he's a, yeah that's it. He's working the but traps like, in Atlanta. Yeah, and you get all that without being shown any of it, mm. really, which is really nice. Yeah, it's like, oh, your man was like surprised he came back. And he's yeah. like, I went to Georgia and when I got out, I had to reinvent myself as hard. Well, yeah. he's suffered his whole life because yeah. of his not being weak, but he doesn't know how to deal with it. So obviously this is a new front that helps mm. him to deal with it all. Mm. Oh, it is just, a, it's great. Like, now I'm thinking, oh, I should watch that again. Cause it's yeah. <laughs> I only yeah. watched it yesterday and I'll, I'd happily watch it tonight, watch yeah. it tomorrow again. Yeah. It's, it's a phenomenal film. Like for something that is when you're like, oh yeah, it's a story about someone growing up gay in like a black neighborhood in Florida. That sounds like a slog and it's really <laughs> not. Mm. Like it's such a fucking joy to watch. And I've never seen that story being told before. Mm, yeah. No, it's a coming of age story, but it's it's not a kind of a coming of sexuality story, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, well, it is too. Like it but, is, well, but I it's not it foregrounded is. as much no. as it could have been. Mm. It's as much about like this masculinity and toxic I think, masculinity. I think yeah. it is in a way though, because even as a child, I think there's he really there is the presence of sexuality there, even with those two young boys. Like mm. you feel oh, it, definitely. and yeah. yeah, and it's very like from the get go, you're like, okay, these are there's a there's an attraction there. Mm. Oh, and especially when then when there's when it shows them as teenagers and one of them is yeah dragging about uh, riding some girl and you're like okay, okay buddy like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. dial it down a little bit we get it like, exactly yeah it's very it's I think it is very present like and, and it's not and it's just being a young person finding your sexuality yourself like I think it really like speaks of that as well. Mm. Um, kind of like Boyhood, except they just hired different actors. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and was actually better. good. <laughs> they did do it better. So I thought I that like uh, Damien Chazelle should have won for Whiplash, but uh, Correct. is this his year? Who won I think he's going to win for Whiplash? Whiplash this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Damien Chazelle is definitely going to win this year. But who won last year? I forget. Yeah, in Ritu for Revenant. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but Damien Chazelle, oh, he has it. He has it. I, yeah. I, I would. 
I think hands down he has it this year. I think he has it. I think uh, Moonlight Jenkins should, should win. Yeah, it. Jenkins should get it, but he will get it probably. Uh, but mm. like La La Land is like I I do think some of the backlash around La La Land is overstated because La La Land is fucking great, but it's great spectacle. Like I walked out of that being like that was amazing fun, and it kind of won me over in spite of a lot of misgivings I had about it. I guess this is again I'm, I keep bleeding into just discussing Message. the film in general, but. Like walking into that after seeing the trailer, I was like very worried that it was going to be just the sound of Hollywood self-filating. It. And, and it was, you know, just a bunch of people clapping themselves on the back for what dreamers they are. And it's also a film that uses art as a signifier, like uses basically symbols that any idiot who doesn't like art can understand as art. Like they walk around saying, oh, isn't there just something about old movies? and jazz and it's like oh for fuck like, it's like remember when the artist uh, in uh, 2012 or 2011 won best picture because again it was just aren't black and white movies great and it's just a film that uses art to give itself weight or uses something people can recognise as art to give itself weight whereas Moonlight fucking is art yeah mm-hmm. mm. and what about uh, Denny does he have a chance Villeneuve no he should it'd be nice to see him win because again sci-fi's never win he's a great director he should have won for Sicario but here we are yeah I Sicario was also great mm. I'd literally like to see <laughs> anyone enemy. in that category win except for Mel Gibson what's her name <laughs> Emily Blunt I think was just the she was great I, I think, think it's a was... very strong category for I think she's Gibson, terrible yeah. in Sicario yeah. you're wrong oh, it's get a great no, I thought you thought she's terrible yeah I thought she's not a leading lady what do you not like about her there's nothing to her. She ruined the whole thing. What? <laughs> oh my she god! No, I'm like, no, 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 no. put her up against Benicio del Toro. No, when, I think uh, she played the really strong woman in a male-dominated world really mm, well. Yeah. Like I was really convinced by her. I thought she was brilliant. You're wrong. Yeah, you're in a really dangerous hey. situation, having to keep her head down. Hey guys, down. wasn't yeah. even nominated last year. Obviously, I'm not wrong. <laughs> That's okay, the, we're, we're all we're all clear. The best, the whatever wins best picture is the best movie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 We all buy into this ridiculous conceit. <laughs> yeah. No, but I don't think Arrival is a very amazing sci-fi either. Really? I think it was shot wonderfully. It looks great, but as I a sci-fi, as a film, and the plot, it is, wasn't that much to it. Yeah, if you take it for what it is, though, rather than a sci-fi film. I get, I get why people... I think my boyfriend was disappointed because he, sh- he showed up expecting like the sci-fi alien thing, and then I came away from it being like, that was amazing, brilliant. and he was a bit... He no, wants, I mean, he I wanted liked, Independence Day. Yeah, well, I think he wanted oh, a resurgence no. or a resurgence, is it? Please, never again. I think one thing about Denis Villeneuve is that he will definitely win a Best Director Oscar at some stage. So, which uh, films do you want to win and which films uh, do you think will win? For Best Picture well, now? For Director? No, just for Director. Okay. Oh, sorry, yeah, which directors do you think should win and will win? Uh, Richard. Okay, um, want Villeneuve, obviously, but will... It, it'll probably be Chazelle, but... Jenkins could do it and should do it but probably La La Land do you think it's going to be one of those years where they divide the best director and best film for that reason to give two people in which case probably Jenkins Jenkins for this and then best picture for La La Land but it depends how many people vote for it though it it could life of pie I suppose if it was run by a committee that could happen but (laughs) but the people could be making that choice I know they could be preemptively doing it they did it last year with um, The Revenant won best director but Mm. Spotlight won best film mm. and I think that's because they're two very very different films whereas La La Land and Moonlight while they are different they're not they're not a million miles apart they are kind of character studies I guess looking at these at these characters but yeah I don't know I think Jenkins should win 
but I think uh, I think Chazelle will win. Okay, Jed. Yeah, I think Chazelle's got that one in the bag. Right. It's so showy, and it is very very well directed. Uh, but I think it's a pity because it's a dessert, and uh, <laughs> Moonlight's the main. Oh, okay. Moonlight should win. So you like Jenkins to win it? Okay. Yumer. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I'm right between La La Land, or sorry, Damien Giselle and Barry Jenkins, Jenkins, but I'd actually be happy enough if uh, Damien Giselle won, but Barry Jenkins deserve it. So now after you talking about that, I'd love if they split it. <laughs> Barry Jenkins gets Best Director and La La Land gets Best Film because I would prefer Best Director to go to Barry Jenkins. I'd, but the Best Film, uh, I think it's going to be La La Land anyway. If we're going to split it anyway, I'd almost go the other way because like La La Land is so directed <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're going to give it an award it might as well be that but if you're, if I suppose I like movie, to see so. Barry Jenkins go yeah because otherwise it just goes to the guys who if it's nominated if it's nominated for 14 films you're kind of they're saying it's good everywhere they kind of have to almost give it best film from that point of view don't they La La it would be yeah. weird if they didn't because yeah. like Titanic and All About Eve who, yeah. which got that many yeah. got nine no, they both got 14. Did it? Oh, no, as in they both got 14 nominations. Oh, I think yeah. they both got Best Picture. Yeah, it'd be just, yeah, it'd be, it's a bit weird to say, like, oh, yeah, it's good in every category, but it's not the, the it's not, it's not, it's not the best. Titanic win 11 of those. I think Titanic won 11. Yeah. And uh, Claire? Um, I'm just raging. I haven't seen La La Land. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He's probably going to win, <laughs> seeing what everyone else is saying. <laughs> um, but I would love to see, uh, yeah, I'd love to see Barry Jenkins win or Denis Villeneuve. I thought that was great kind of stylized sci-fi but again I like kind of logging and direction mm. in Manchester by the Sea as well so okay well we're about to hit the two hour mark so let's try and get through this we've talked about pretty much every film at this point so <laughs> nothing left uh, <laughs> here we are at the best picture um, I'll quickly just run through the nominees Arrival Fences Hacksaw Ridge Hell or High Water Hidden Figures La La Land Lion Manchester by the Sea and Moonlight uh, I think the one we probably spoke about least was Hidden Figures, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm. So, would somebody like to, Richard, would you like no. to? Um, <laughs> it will win, and it shouldn't win. Uh, it shouldn't it's even be in Best Picture. I agree. I mean, I know why it is, but it's like it's fine. It's The actual source material is very interesting. It's an interesting story. It's well cast. They all have really good sort of on-screen chemistry together. They're fun to watch. Kevin Costner is there for some reason. It's just very bland. It's very biopic 101. It's very, I don't know, it unengaging. All right notes. It yeah. hits all the right notes and it does what it's what it's set out. But it feels kind of tele- to televisual too, though. Even yeah. like the CGI and the rockets, it was very oh, and BBC. And that end part where they're all like just looking at the TV. It's, it is. I was actually like, am I watching TV as opposed to a movie? But I did find some of the characters were just underdeveloped. And you have Taraji B. Henson, who I just don't think she works as a intellectual uh, she might be a bit too I don't know what's she been in before I, I she's in um, that E4 series about the music industry and she's also Empire? in Empire, Empire and she's also in Kong Karate Kid right okay as <laughs> that's the two movies I can tell you that she was in previously <laughs> the remake Karate Kid but I don't know she doesn't really come across as that intellectual and unless like hitting her glasses became this little mm. kind of nod to I am a smart person look I've got wear glasses or something it yeah. just seemed like little uh, I've just noticed that uh, Pharrell Williams is listed here as a producer so yeah in the bag I think mm. uh, Jed <laughs> will fences sorry, sorry I was Peter? just going to say surprisingly enough Hidden Figures is the third favourite to win 
Wow. Well, I can see it taking it. Like it's 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 like After, the King's Speech like, thing. It's one of those films that isn't that great but still wins anyway. I no, genuinely put that at number nine. I put that as the worst. I think it's the worst. Probably. I don't think it should be in there. It's terrible. Sorry, okay. number eight after Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> really? No. After the that. first half of Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jed, does Fences is Fences the best picture of the year? No. Uh, no, it's not the best film of the month. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. Like it's it's not terrible. It's not inept, but like it. It, it's not very good. It's Denzel Washington directing himself. Mm-hmm. It's something that isn't adapted to make it into a movie. It's, you know, it's just not great. Okay, okay. For me, now, that the caveat there is it's been universally acclaimed by every <laughs> reviewer. Mm. Uh, and I've seen a lot of people online who aren't film critics as well who genuinely love it, who it really worked for. Uh, and obviously it's got a bunch of Oscar nominations. So <laughs> a lot of people liked it. I think I'm in the minority there. Right. Uh, so if anyone's listening to this, just be aware that I'm a strange man with strange opinions. <laughs> yeah, well. Wait, what did you say? Hidden Figures is three, number it's three. Number three, the third. Film. So we obviously have strange opinions as well. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, but you started watching Fences and couldn't, wasn't in the mood or wasn't wasn't working for you. You flicked on a current animals, I believe. You <laughs> well, what happened was I had just watched Axel Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just finished. I was like, gotta get all these movies watched and yeah. threw on. The next one on that list was the last one on Best Picture and I put on Fences and it was on for 15 minutes. And Denzel Washington didn't stop talking for those 15 (laughs) minutes. And I actually didn't know what was happening because (laughs) I just, there was too much vocabulary just going in. I didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, the thing is he doesn't, he never stops talking. Now for some people that really worked as in a lot of people were able to get this sense of, oh, there's a, a rhythm and a music to the dialogue and to the way people speak. I just thought like it, it was exhausting. And after Hacksaw Ridge, I was like, I'm not doing this. So I put on Nocturne yeah, Lambs instead. That. As Emer as said earlier, there's no breathing. He just talks he just and doesn't talks. stop the breathing. Which I, <laughs> but I was, saying, nice. I was saying, I, I think before we started rolling, uh, if I said this already while we're rolling, I apologize to the audience. <laughs> but uh, it Fences feels like, uh, you know those uh, montages or the little clips they play when uh, they are calling out the nominees uh, mm. during the Oscars mm. where every moment is someone with snot on their face crying right, yeah. or telling <laughs> a fucking meaningful story like. yeah. <laughs> but the whole movie is that it's just monologuing like it's exhausting to watch and it ends with a ludicrous nod I've to heard the ending yeah it sounds ridiculous it's awful like there's a there's a weird moment at the end where you're like okay it's solid not for me and then it ends with this little minor miracle thing that comes in because American culture has an extra level of respect for anything that hints at religion (laughs) so they just hint at religion at the end and it's like oh fuck you (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Hacksaw Ridge Peter is is it good, good enough to win best picture no, no, I really, really didn't like it. I, uh, I felt it was complete overkill the second half. But the first half, it was just a ri- for the Japanese anyway. Yeah, <laughs> the first half it was just a ridiculous hour of filmmaking. It was right. just so twee and so fucking sentimental and just really hammed all that that fucking golden generation of people. Yeah, it was all oh shucks, Mister. I'm yeah. just a simple boy. <laughs> like it's God. just it hit apart from that one moment where a child bricks another child and almost kills that other child. Yeah. Like, that was but the one yeah. place. But is it not what? amazing that we're talking about a movie where like the screenplay has all this stuff, yeah. but it still feels like a chocolate ad? Like, it still <laughs> feels like an ad for a Hovis or some shit. Yeah. Like. But like it reminded me a lot of American Sniper in that it was just trying to nail this American ideal the whole time. And whereas American Sniper was about killing people, okay, this turned out that it was about, you know, trying to be brave and save people. 
But like, yeah, the first half it was just terrible. I felt second half I thought it was just overkill. The representation of Japanese was just That's so non-existent. Like it was, I don't. It just wasn't. No, not I for do me th- at all. To be fair, I do think Mel Gibson is a crazy person, so he makes interesting films, <laughs> and it is an interesting movie in that sense. Like I do think this is a crazy person's view of pacifism in a t- in a bloody conflict. Yeah, Emer. Is Lion good enough to win? No. Okay. But it is very good. Um, but like that, when it's up against all these others, I'd still put it ahead of Hidden Figures and ahead of Hacksaw Ridge and ahead of Arrival. Ooh, controversial. <laughs> Get out. Well, let's go to Arrival then. Who thinks Arrival has a good chance of, of winning? Well, I'd like it to win, but it won't yeah. win. Okay. Would you like to win over Moonlight? No, it's I suppose very not. Good though, yeah, I suppose not. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> is it? Is it a? Is it a? One of those that's a potential upset that people are like, all right, happy yeah. enough. No, I don't think there's any upset outside of Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight, or La La Land. I don't. Yeah, think, it's I can't three. see any of the other no. six. So Hell or High Water as well. No good. No, no Hell or High Water is a, is a good a, film, a, but it's, it's a good film. I'm just very surprised it's in there. Yeah, it's kind of neo-western style stuff, and it's a little bit, you know. It's well written. It's tight film, and it's 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 well acted out. But mm. like Moonlight, Hell or High Water versus Moonlight, you're talking <laughs> about two yeah. completely different leagues of of film. You know, I only saw the trailer for Hell or High Water, and all I got from it was that Chris Pine seemed too good looking for the role. <laughs> he is <a> very handsome. <laughs> but man. if you were to say, okay, so if you were to watch another one of these again, I'd watch Hell or High Water over Hacksaw Ridge, Hidden Figures, possibly Lion. So it has a place there mm. more for me Hidden Figures is the one that really doesn't deserve it but Hell or High World I would agree I was surprised yeah. to see it mm. nominated because yeah, it's, it, more it's like, not it's more like the other there. ones you might not like them as much but you're not surprised why they're there yeah but yeah. this one I'm surprised it's there but it is good mm. and I would watch it probably again over some of them I just mm. but is rewatch a bit of either Mark I like, don't know sometimes that's the big question I mean like I've, <laughs> I've, I've watched the top room movies, a bunch of times <laughs> I, like I've watched The Room more than I've watched Raging Bull are you going like to watch the new movie about The Room with James Franco uh, playing no, maybe oh, no. are you talking about The Room or Room The Room The Room not the Room, room. <laughs> oh, I assumed you were talking about The Room I was like yeah. but Jed also loved Room so yeah, yeah. I love anything about Rooms huh? <laughs> and I love Green Room too so that's <laughs> I, I think like I think Hell or High Water deserves a place in the Oscars if Ben Foster was yes because yeah. for me that was the only like really good no it was a good film but I just think I definitely wouldn't have any qualms about Ben Foster being there for best I suppose he'd only be best supporting wouldn't he but, but like, even instead of Jeff Bridges if Ben Foster yeah, was there yeah totally absolutely that would make way more sense okay so the top three the big sorry not the top three but the big three that, that are I suppose the favourites uh, La La Land Manchester by the Sea and Moonlight well actually um, Peter let's uh, let's see are they are they the favourites according to uh, Mr Paddy Power Mr. Power says that La La Land is the favourite to win. Moonlight is second favourite. As we said, Hidden Figures, for some reason, oh, okay. is the third favourite. And Manchester by the Sea is I could see forward. that taking it because like, it did Hidden massive figures. box office yeah, in, in America and the online perception of it is, is it's this great film for some reason. And it's, well, I mean, okay. It has one incredible... thing about Hidden Figures is that it does, in the kind of current climate, it does mm. highlight 
issues to do with race and segregation mm-hmm. and but it um, doesn't do anything about it. No, well, it, it does. You see, Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner fixes everything. He breaks he a sign with a crowbar. The whole world. <laughs> I mean, there's just this moment. She's so calm throughout the whole movie, and then there's just this outbreak yeah. about the toilet <laughs> that does seems just out of character yeah, her, as well. It was just like her nomination. Clip. That's her big piece, and it's like yeah. this is it, and also it's out of place. And but then it ticks those husband. boxes, is what I'm exactly. saying. No, it's very it's, cynically appropriate to win. Yeah, it ticks all those boxes. I, did, I, I imagine that's why it's kind of so high up on the in the odds. Because it's simplified. Is is it's it possible for, that like last year's Oscar So White hashtag could go against something like La La Land or Manchester by the Sea that are that are very white? Mm. I would prefer to go towards a great film like Moonlight. Yeah, yes. it is because yeah. why would you go towards Hidden Figures? It's not a good film. As right. it's not made well, the story's not told well, and it simplifies issues that are not as simple as mm. they make it out. Like, like w- destroying a, it's all fine, we're just going to destroy this uh, But okay, If you talk about the Oscar <laughs> so white from last year, what films came out last year that absolutely should have been in the best picture category? It's hard to kind of pick them. If Moonlight came out last year, without doubt it would be in the, in the best mm. picture. Moonlight is one of mm. the best films of the last five years. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. It definitely deserves to be there, and I hope that it, it that it will win it out. But like, yeah, La La Land is definitely the whitest film we're ever going to see, and I think that's gonna that's gonna resonate. I think, like well, a, I think it, a it, it, it will feel like an extra kick in the balls as well if it's really the film about a fucking white jazz enthusiast who knows jazz better than the black guy. Who's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ruining jazz with its modern yeah. sensibilities? That's also a strange thing in that movie. I know we were talking about screenplay, but just. It doesn't feel quite as tight as Whiplash, even on mm. a th- like a thematic level. Where like Whiplash has its own thesis that you can agree or disagree with, but mm-hmm. it presents it very well and coherently. Whereas like uh, I I guess spoilers for La La Land, it has this weird thing where uh, I can't remember the Ryan Gosling's character's friend's name uh, who says, uh, "Oh, you you know you're obsessed with jazz." John Legend. Yeah, you're obsessed with these previous revolutionaries, but you're obsessed with the past. Like, you need to revolutionize. You're not going to be a revolutionary if you're yeah. a traditionalist. But then he's wrong because his music's shit. So Brian Gosling <laughs> just goes off and sets, up a, and sets up an old school jazz club. But it's like... A successful a, old school jazz yeah, club. Yeah, and it's, and, and it's weird that, like, the whole thing... Because it feels like it's taking him at face value when he says that line. Mm. And then for it to be proven wrong, you're like, wait, so I guess the message was just keep eulogizing the past which actually is very la 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 it's a throwback to all the old the old classic Hollywood stuff as well like, so. yeah but what happens in between that is when he says that to uh, what's it Ryan Gosling um, Ryan Gosling makes a choice to actually disregard all the past stuff and join the band and make loads of money off it and there is a moment in the movie where you are like oh he's he is just going to be this guy who doesn't revisit the past jazz uh, cafe idea and he's just going to make loads of money it leads to the whole yeah but then he abandons that he leaves it to her and sets up an old school jazz band eventually though but that's like years later if he if he had never been in that successful band he wouldn't have been able to afford the club so you guys sell out but I think we'll all you got to sell out to make the money yeah. to, to do what you want to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Which is also something he <laughs> doesn't say and that she doesn't seem to understand when the movie makes them break up Yes. Like when they just have a fight and like he doesn't go, yeah, but I need to make money first. Yeah. And she doesn't go, I understand we don't live in a fucking <laughs> yeah. socialist society. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't understand that. To me, it seemed like he should just go to Paris. There are a few Paris. little things <laughs> like that that 
But I think if you that, take that the, bring it down a little bit. If you take bit. the razzle dazzle out of La La Land, which is all those sequences, which probably make up thirty minutes of the movie, we'll say. Mm-hmm. If you take all that stuff out, there's not really a solid story. I know that's what the big backlash to La La Land yeah. is, that there's not this uh, solid story behind it. Mm. Um, like the dance sequences and everything are brilliant and they're but well done, but I, I mean, don't what hold, do they serve? Hmm. But I don't hold truck with this argument of if you take the razzle-dazzle out of a movie, I know, I know, what's yeah, left? Because yeah. movies are a fucking razzle-dazzle. <laughs> yeah. Like it's when people were like, oh, but if you take all the fucking cinematography and cool music out of Drive, what's left? Yeah, and you're like, yeah. a fucking blank screen. Like who gives a shit? It's a movie. <laughs> I know, but like he made the choice to make it a musical. Yeah, well, he definitely the, the story like, I mean, is lighter. The singing, at, yeah. what does the singing slightly puts forward the narrative as it goes forward? We'll say like it, it serves the narrative a little bit, but it doesn't. I don't think it adds a huge amount to it. Okay, now I'm not a musical fan, you know, from the outset, but. But I think what you're saying, when well, just when you were saying about if you took the razzle dazzle out, what do you get out of it? And what people have gotten out of it is an escape. So I mm. think what this is riding on is mm. a cinematic experience as opposed to an amazing film. So people gone in there and enjoyed it and left with this like elation in a way because it's it's so happy. <laughs> it's like singing yeah. and dancing in the street. And I did read somewhere that in the current climate in America, because everything's so terrible there right now, that this is like what they're looking for. Escape in the cinema mm. as opposed to the art of the cinema. So you've well, got Moonlight, which is facing the reality in this beautiful piece of film. And then you've got escapism in La La Land. So that's literally like what they're balancing out here. Well, yeah, I think it's like La La Land. It's a little like I look, I like La La Land a lot. And when we're talking about the razzle dazzle and the escapism of it. I was so swept up in it that moments were happening that happened in the trailer. And I was surprised by them because I was so in the director's hands and I'd forgotten that he'd already shown me that it's that good. But at the same time, yeah, like it feels a little bit like the artist in that it is a movie about how great avant-garde art is once it's a century old and not avant-garde anymore. Uh, And also in terms of escapism, a little bit like Slumdog Millionaire, which happened at the beginning of the financial crisis. And it was just about it did really well because it was a poor kid just being handed a big pile of money out of nowhere. That won the best picture, didn't it? It did, yeah. yeah, yeah, So when you look at the climate then... Yeah, I'm when gonna, if I was to put money on it, I'm going to go with La La Land. But that's a hidden oh. figure to take it, I think. Hidden figures to take it for that exact reason. That's the moment in there. Yeah. It's just that I just... Like, La La Land, I can go... Yeah, if it wins, I can understand it because yeah. it, it is a great piece of mm. film. Oh, it's going to win. But <laughs> if, if, if Hidden it's Figures... It's probably going to win. Yeah. Now that I know Hidden Figures is number three, I will be... As angry as I was in 1998. <laughs> 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 what is it? Number what three at like Hacksaw Ridge. Ridge that time. <laughs> well, I was I was annoyed when the artist won, and I feel like La La Land's a similar kind of gimmick. Mm. But um, well, like, I liked the artist, but it was I liked it as well. Fine. It wasn't best picture of the year. No. Who yeah, was no. it up against that year? Uh, so yeah, quickly the year that the artist was nominated, uh, also nominated were The Descendants. Uh, the artist extremely loud and incredibly close oh fuck Moneyball Midnight in Paris War Horse The Tree of Life Hugo and The Help in hindsight not a great year (laughs) no not a great year for what got nominated but for what came out it was a good year yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. anyway so let's go around the table and get everybody's um, the wishes and the wills of of the best picture for 2017 Um, Jed I'll start with you best picture I'd love to see Moonlight win uh, I'd be happy enough if Manchester by the Sea won uh, La La Land I think is great 
but I don't think it deserves it. And it's, it's, I do think it's kind of a hard call because like La La Land is fucking fantastic. Uh, but I don't think it's going to age as well as Moonlight. Uh, so I think Moonlight should take it, but I think it's La La Land's year. It's just going to, it's just going to win. Okay. Emer? Exactly the same because I just realised we haven't really spoken about Manchester by the Sea as a best picture. As in, mm. we've spoken about it loads, but in terms of that, I was between Moonlight or La La Land and then I would actually be happy if Manchester by the Sea won as well and Moonlight. I'm really torn, but yeah, I think La La Land will run away with it. But Moonlight and Manchester Sea are great films. All the rest of them will have should not win and please <laughs> let <laughs> Hidden Figures not win. Okay. <laughs> Claire? Yeah, I think Manchester by the Sea was a great film. I think it was really nice to see something really stripped back and still work really well. Yeah, it's not show off at all. No, not at all. It's very like you could have made that film on a very, very, very small budget had it not been for the like very decent cast. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that and was the, the most expensive effect. thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the and the pyrotechnics. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, and the CGI stormtroopers in the background. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd love to see Moonlight win. I think it was amazing, and I haven't seen anything like it before. Um, but I'm sure La La Land's going to get it just the way it's going Richard? Uh, yeah undeservedly La La Land will win it I'd love to see Arrival or Moonlight or Manchester by the sea win it but <laughs> it'll be La La Land Peter? Yeah I think Moonlight for me is definitely the film of the year um, La La Land like I'm not I'm not a musical fan and I know it's escapism everything like that Moonlight is kind of more of a socially adept story it's more emotionally involving than La La Land I, I cared a lot more about Chiron than I cared about any of the characters in La La Land mm. um, it's a much more I think it's just phenomenal film all around in terms of all the aspects of it I think Moonlight's going to win I'm going to go for Moonlight should win and Moonlight will win cool very I nice d- I do think when you read out the 20 uh, sorry 2012 nominees mm-hmm. compared to that year this is an incredibly strong <laughs> yeah. 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 and like Hacks I know it's pretty good now isn't it well like we started off saying like oh god these are all very Oscar-y but when you read out that fucking list of <laughs> yeah. films yeah. I think like, Jesus this looks like the best year ever so does anybody have any closing thoughts just when you mentioned Spotlight winning Best Picture last year it kind of leads me towards thinking Manchester by the Sea might be in with a good win mm. yeah. only because it's kind of got that same somber tones it's just a nice like story but it doesn't cool. kind of go anywhere yeah, yeah but I think in 5-10 years time I think if you look back at the Oscars of 2017 Moonlight's going to be a standout film yeah. right yeah Lala like might very Oscars. well win but Moonlight of yeah. those nine films Moonlight mm-hmm. is, is the film okay that's most important I think it'll be another one add to the definitely. list of what should have won and what yeah. won it's mm. definitely the most important film mm. okay but even important it's just fucking it's great great to watch yeah. like to close it off experience. we've got some very quick fire questions that you all have to just shout out answers oh, to <laughs> okay how many people are going to denounce Trump even if they don't name him in their speeches 17 <laughs> I was going to 17 as well I'll, oh. say, I'll say 8 instead <laughs> Wait, how many categories in total I'm going to go <laughs> well if Meryl Streep wins you know what's going to fucking happen so. I'd go 2 2 okay well, I nice. think the Oscars they like to keep their mouths shut a little bit not yeah, this year not as much no but he's shouting Globes. at them now so they'll shout back yeah, the host yeah. is definitely going to do it and there's only two categories uh, mm. Mm. that's another one of my questions Jimmy Kimmel the host will he be a hero or a villain the next day neither a hero he's <laughs> kind of likeable isn't he 
Yeah, yeah, he's like a monster. He'll be a shade wandering through the netherworld. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, is it it's Jimmy Kimmel's first ever time doing it? I don't think he's going to ruffle too many feathers. No. Yeah. He's very PG. It was Chris Rock last year. Yeah. And he was great. He was, yeah. When he went down to it was the great neighborhood going, hey, this movie is uh, nominated. And they were like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it doesn't make you think of La La Land when you're saying it's a movie. <laughs> it's like, it's be going down there going, have you seen La La Land? They'd be like, no. <laughs> who, will, who will make the speech that goes viral? Uh, if if Ashgar Farhadi wins for I best foreign it. film and someone comes in his stead, I imagine that's oh, going yeah. to be political because okay. he ha- he uh, is Iranian and it was when Trump tried to bring in the travel ban, Ashgar Farhadi wouldn't have been allowed in in case he blew oh. someone up. <laughs> uh, and then he said, well, I'm, I, I don't want to go anyway. And then even now that judges have said Trump, that travel ban's illegal, Ashgar Farhadi said, I'm still not going. <laughs> so I actually think that probably has actually improved the chances of winning the fact that it's a protest vote yeah, okay. uh, so I think if he deliver, if someone comes in his stead to pick that up it'll probably be a political speech which could go very mm-hmm. viral mm-hmm. and it'd be great to see co- someone just call Donald Trump uh, for the stupid pig child that he is Maher Shala Ali made a great speech did he? yeah at the Golden Globes I think right, okay. okay Peter Denzel Denzel, okay. he's been he's been oh, he's banging his chest an awful lot. Yeah. Yeah. If he wins best actor or best director, no, he's not first. If he wins best actor, he'll be up there and he'll fucking. But let's he'll hope say he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and if Mel wins, oh, that'll be quite the speech. Oh, well, <laughs> <be> like, yes, <laughs> Trump. Well, Who is going to fall over? Oh. Emma Stone. Okay, yeah, she's so likable and normal. I think Lawrence is just going to be stumbling around. She's up for nothing. And who's going to be the sad loser meme the next day? Barry Jenkins, God bless him. Yeah. Casey Affleck. Yeah? If Casey Affleck does win Best Actor, I'd say he'll They'll do another one like his face. brother. <laughs> you know, yeah, when he was doing the sad Superman. Ben remember Mi- remember Mi- uh, Michael Keaton at uh, Birdman? Oh, he oh, took, he took yeah. the speech back in. <laughs> in terms of the best directors, best actors, everything like that, it's not, there's none of the big heavyweights really is there of Hollywood. Like there's no Scorsese or mm. Clint Eastwood True. or any of them. Yeah, yeah. No Scorsese is surprising. Because I didn't yeah. much care for Silence, but it's a very directed, very directed movie, and like it's a passion project of his. And yeah. like I think there's going to be a lot of first-time winners at the Oscars this yeah, year, yeah. which is that's, good. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you're all great. Well done, everybody. We got through it. Uh, Richard Drum, Peter Morris, Jed Murray, Emer Gavin, and Claire Byrne. You can all pat yourselves on the back and give yourselves a round of applause. That's the end of the podcast. Do we have to clap? Yay. No, you don't have to clap. Yeah, clap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that was our podcast. Um, thanks again for listening, um, for downloading, um, and for staying subscribed while we have been on hiatus. Uh, uh, as you can see from the Headstuff Podcast Network, we have been very busy with podcasts. Um, we've had we have a fair few new podcasts since uh, since we've last done a Headstuff podcast, um, which you should uh, check out. Um, we now have seven other podcasts. Um, so I'll give them all a quick uh, quick mention here. Uh, we have Gerald Farley's Fascinated. We have Juvenalia, No Encore, uh, The Alison Spittle Show. We have Reviewables, uh, Our Sexual History, and Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. Um, I am uh, a big fan of all of those podcasts. We only accept uh, um, podcasts that we think are really good onto the network. So um, they're all worth giving a listen to. 
um and we have more on the way so watch this space uh so we we will be doing something else with this podcast um and when we when we're certain of what that is we'll we'll be sure to let you know so thanks for listening to this one hope you enjoy it and actually we're going to put out uh, a bonus from this episode as well in, in the next few days uh, we recorded for nearly three hours so we cut out quite a bit of it um, so thanks again to Jed Murray, Emer Gavin, Claire Byrne, Peter Morris and Richard Drum. And thanks to you. Stay subscribed and we'll have more cool stuff coming soon. Thanks. Goodbye. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.